Hey guys, brand new podcast. I am still in making Georgia in quarantine in a bubble. I can't really tell you what I'm doing yet, but if you're a fan of AEW tonight, you can find out to watch the AEW tonight and, uh, and you will find out uh, why I am here. Um, Bert, are you a professional wrestler now? Maybe. 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 Maybe I'm fighting Cody Rhodes. Maybe. You never know. Maybe I'm bringing back the claw like Kerry Von Eric. I've been fucking obsessed with wrestling lately. I've been obsessed with wrestling. I've been watching old Kerry Von Eric Ric Flair matches. I know everything about the Von Eric brothers. I would love, I, I mean, I, it's so funny. This all stemmed off Tom talking shit about wrestling. And then just randomly wrestling showed up on my radar a couple different places. And I saw this Dark Side of the Ring. And Dark Side of the Ring is such a great fucking show. It really is. And now I spent the weekend or the, mostly the weekend, watch, I was obsessed with Kerry Von Erich when I was a kid. Kerry Von Erich, Dusty Rhodes, like uh, old school wrestling, you know, Hulk Hogan, obviously, Paul Orndorff, you know, Iron Sheik, Roddy Pipe, all that stuff was like Andre, was Andre the Giant, all that was, uh, I mean, who I was a fan of, but it's, my fandom started with, uh, with Kerry Von Erich. We were standing on top of a dugout in, at Forest Hills, and Drew McCall, who's passed away now, shout out to Drew. Um, Drew McCall was explain was telling us a breakdown of this Kerry Von Eric Ric Flair match, the one I've now watched, the one I've now watched. I never watched it before, but I remember him telling me about this. He talked about the Fantastic Freebirds. And Kevin Von Erich and Mike Von Erich and Fritz Von Erich. It's so funny. He told me this story, and this, and this story just grabbed my attention. The way he told the story of these matches. Texas Stadium, 40,000 people. And I remember picturing the Sun Dome in Tampa. It's picturing that it happened there. It happened in Texas Stadium and 40,000, 41,000 people. And he walked me through the match. He told us all about these two matches that I guess he must have watched on television. And he told them so engagingly. I mean, we, I was like hooked. And then when he told the Ric Flair, Kerry Von Eric story, and he talked about the, he talked about the finish, you know, he was a real, this guy, Drew McCall was a, guy, a friend of mine growing up and he's recently passed away, but he was a legit fan of rat, like obsessed with wrestling. And I remember hearing about that and then being like, holy shit. I started watching the Von Erics. Right after that, I started watching a lot of the Texas wrestling. I grew up going with my friends to the Tampa Armory and watching a lot of great wrestling matches. It was right by University of Tampa in, in Tampa. Saw Dusty Rhodes wrestle there. Saw uh, Mike Graham wrestle there. Saw Chief Wahoo McDaniels. I saw a bunch of great wrestling matches. I don't know why I got into wrestling the way I did recently. But man, I am like, I know so much about so, such obscure things. I was trying to, I was talking to a friend about this. And I think it's because I like being a fan of shit. I love, I love being into stuff. Like, I think that's why I love doing open tabs is stuff fascinates me and then I can't get enough of it. And for whatever reason, whether it's, you know, whether it's, flash flood chasers or, or hip hop, oh, hip hop's been like 
rough on me because I'm obsessed with hip hop. I mean, obsessed and I'm obsessed with like the breakfast club and, uh, Oh man, I got this new rapper. I love his name's Toby. Toby. I think I said that right. Toby. I'm going to spell it for you. Me and Burr talked about him on our Bill Burt podcast. Uh, let me find him for you. Me and Bill Burr talked about him on our Bill Burt podcast. And it was, and Burr's like, bro, you gotta, you gotta watch this guy. He's amazing. Burr met him at Chappelle's house. So I started, I was like, and then, so then I, I didn't, I didn't get his music and I'm standing at work the other day in, in Macon and someone goes, Hey man, you you and Burr talked about Toby. I, I think I'm saying it right. Nigwigwe, Nigwe, Nigwe, Nigwe. And he goes, you and Burr were talking about him. I said, yeah. And he goes, that guy actually posted a clip of you and Burr talking about him on his Instagram. And I was like, oh, for real? And so I was like, oh shit, I got to check him out. So I checked him out. They got a, him and his wife have this song called Eat. And it is so awesome. If I play this, can you just take this out of the YouTube so they don't hear it? But they can hear it in audio if they're listening to audio, right? Listen to this. Timing. No, he ain't more crucial than alignment. That's why the flow is intertwined with both and I'm defiling. Every beat I'm on, even though I know it's wrong. To treat rappers like a napkin after I pissed on commodes. Then I wipe what's on the toilet, can't decipher if you know. Then my life is tied to giving hoodlums life despite the hoes. Get the size of fixed upon and give them pipe out of control. Shout out, isn't it? Biden has almost wiped out from total load of our heritage. I just want to, I just want to. His wife hops on this beat, and his wife is fucking badass. I gotta get this guy on the podcast. I gotta get this guy on the podcast. He is so fucking good. I went through and bought all his albums. I've been listening to them nonstop. His wife is fucking sick. His wife, first of all, gorgeous. Just absolutely gorgeous. But man, listen to her come in on this rhyme. Ready? Listen to this is like It's awesome, bro. It's awesome. This song is is called Eat. It's called Eat. His name is T-O-B-E-N-W-I-G-W-E. Me and Burr talked about him. I'm obsessed with him. I can't stop listening to him. It is, he is just really fucking great. He is really, really great. So I don't know how I got onto that subject. I have no idea how we got here, guys. Anyway. You're talking about open tabs and how you like being oh. a fan of stuff. Oh, and so hip hop is, hip hop's like a soft spot for me. Drink Champs, one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, Breakfast Club, Joe Budden, obviously, obviously, Jesus and Miro. Like, I just, uh, uh, 85 South. I've talked about 85 South a number of times on our podcast, my podcast with Segura. 85 South's like my fucking one of my favorite podcasts. And by the way, such an interesting, have you watched it, Halston? It's such an interesting podcast because I can't tell if they've started the podcast or not, but they're just sitting around rolling joints and talking before they start. And, but they made me laugh so fucking hard. Those guys are so funny. But I love getting into shit. 
I love it. Now I'm just obsessed with old school pro wrestling. I want to, I want to try to start. I tried to get into NASCAR one time. Um, and so maybe I'll try to get into uh, pro wrestling, like current pro wrestling, like AEW, you know, I don't know. I mean, you had Ethan page on a while back, Ethan page, uh, uh, Colt Cabana, um, Diamond yeah, Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page I've done a podcast with. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But today's a great podcast. Do we have any reads? Yes. Yeah. Okay, we have some reads. We have some mid-rolls. We have some uh, pre-reads, I'm sure. But uh, do we have a pre-read right now? Yes. This podcast is brought to you by Quip. When was the last time you got rewarded for brushing your teeth? Well, with Quip's new smart electric toothbrush, good habits can earn you great perks like free products, gift cards, and more. I am a man defined around reward, especially if you can tether it to an app. It's a reason I run so much. I do all my runs on an app and then I can track it. I love getting rewards though. I think everyone knows I'm a man that loves, uh, loves treats and I, and I have a hard time and I struggle with building healthy habits. You also know that. You've probably heard me talk about Quip a million times. This is something brand new that rewards you and your mouth. The Quip Smart Brush connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth, tracks when and how well you brush, gets tips and coaches, coaching improvements for your habits, earn points for daily brushing and bonus points for completing challenges like streaks, redeem rewards like gift cards, products, discounts from Quip and their partners. Already have a Quip like me? Uh, yeah, uh, you do. I do. Upgrade with the smart motor. The keep and keep features you know and love. Obviously, the thing I love about Quip is they've got that sensitive sensitive sonic vibration plus a two-minute timer for 30-second pulses for a guide and clean. It's super easy, super slick, super slim, super sleek, super lightweight, no wires, no bulky chargers weigh you down. And it's got that multi-travel cover that you can throw on the mirror and it holds your brush off the counter. I love the Quip. Um, I love more than importantly, I love their toothpaste. Their toothpaste is fucking awesome. I have a problem with the taste of toothpaste, but not Quips. And they've got anti-cavity ingredients for strong, healthy teeth. The fa- the floss, the eco-friendly solar powered battery, a refresh bag so you can bring good oral cares everywhere you go. Plus, you can get brush heads, toothpaste, and floss refills delivered from $5 and shipping is free. How smart is that? Join the over 5 million miles using Quip and save hundreds compared to the other Bluetooth brushes when you get a Quip smart brush for just $45. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today and go to getquip.com slash BurtCast right now to get your first free refill. That's your first free refill at getquip.com slash BurtCast. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash BurtCast. Quip. Better oral care made simple and rewarding. Uh, new Two Bears One Cave is out right now. New Bill Burt is late this week. We're, we're recording it tonight and dropping it. I will be talking about Toby. N- N- I wish I could fucking say his name better. Nguigwe. I think I said it right. Um, I will be talking that on that. Uh, I'm going to, I got a great podcast coming out next week with Sam Talent, Shane Gillis, who's on today. We're going to say more about Shane in a second. And Doug Stanhope that I got to do a little promo read for Sam Talent. We will talk about this tomorrow or next week ad nauseum, but he wrote a book called Running the Light that is the best book I've ever read about stand-up comedy. 
It is the best book I've ever read. Stan Hope called me one night and said, listen, you got to get this book. You got to read it. You're going to love it. You got to get this guy on the podcast. I read the book in like two days, called him up. We did a podcast. We just finished it. Uh, that'll come out next week or the week after. Who else do we have lined up? Do you know, Alston? Nobody. Oh, it's just Shane and then those guys? Yep. So Shane Gillis this week and then Sam Talent, Shane Gillis, and Doug Stanhope next week. That's a fun podcast. This one's a great podcast. We, were, we started listening to Shane. Shane, if, if you know or you don't know, um, I'm sure you, you do, was cast on Saturday Night Live, and then they pulled it away from him from a, something he said on a podcast like uh, earlier. It was, I don't know if I ever talked about it on my podcast. I don't think I did. If I did, I don't know if I had said anything. I don't remember what I said. But all I'll say is, we've all said fucked up stuff on podcasts. The, I mean, it really makes it to the point where you're like, just the lesson is don't try to get on SNL. That's a fucked up thing, you know? Don't go for your dreams, everybody. If you've ever been on a podcast like I have for the fucking past 10 years and spoken thousands upon thousands upon thousands of hours of bullshit, half of which have been drunk, half of which have been high. I mean, God, and, and there will be stuff to set on this podcast that taken out of context does not represent me to my fullest. I'm certain of it. Um, but what, regardless, for those of you that don't know, let me track back. So Shane was a part of that, obviously. More importantly, what happened is Ari drugged Big J Okerson. Imagining that you, as a fan, can, can understand that I have a dog in that fight. When I heard that happened, I had to watch it. I bought a Legion of Skanks membership so I could watch it immediately. I was in my hotel room. Ari talked to me about it. I talked to Big J about it. And it was interesting because, obviously, I was drugged by Ari. I never released that podcast. I never released it for a number of reasons, mainly of which I didn't really want to reward that behavior. I didn't want to be celebrating something that I had feelings about. Adversely, the second I find out Big J has been roofied, the first thing I do is run to that podcast. And I will tell you, it is amazing content. It is riveting. It is fucking... I'm, I'm, I think I, I called some people and I... FaceTime them and I watched it with them and I'll tell you why it's a little different than my uh drugging number one mine was Molly Jace Jay got slipped LSD which is we're fighting just so you know we're fighting if you put LSD in my fucking drink I definitely don't want Molly I I it's amazing the, the perspective I've come back with I'm very grateful that Ari slipped me Molly and not LSD very, very, very grateful. Very grateful. Uh, LSD is an eight to 10 hour trip. I would not have had the wherewithal to be able to get on an airplane on LSD. I got on an airplane on Molly and was less than thrilled about it. Uh, but what happened was, is Lewis tried to slip LSD to Ari. Ari found out via our guest today, Shane Gillis, and then Ari switched glasses with Big J and then pretended like he was on LSD. 
and then throughout the entire podcast. And this is why this is so riveting. Luis J. Gomez is nodding on to people, letting them know he slipped Ari LSD and Ari is acting as if he's been slipped LSD. And at the end, during this election, Lewis says, Ari says he stands for chaos. I stand for chaos. Ari, you're on LSD. I slipped it for, I slipped it to you about an hour and a half ago. It's really strong LSD. I did this for Burt Kreischer. And Ari laughs and takes the hit and then says, do you really think I'm that stupid? Jay's on LSD. It is so fucking fascinating and riveting and heartbreaking because Big J is a innocent bystander in all of this. He didn't want Ari to be slipped LSD, and then Big J got slipped LSD. We did this podcast the morning after that whole event, and so I talked to Shane about that right up front. That's what we talk about a lot of, and Shane has Shane is very torn because he feels like he betrayed Jay. Jay was good to him. It's We talk about that right up front. We talk a little bit about... Um, about uh, the SNL firing and, and saying stuff. And, and then we also talk in that, and this is how this whole thing started is we were on our tour bus, by the way, uh, hot summer nights tour is back out on the road. We are going, I should have said this earlier. I'll say this right before I announce his name. Um, Cause I know you'll listen to that part, but we were on tour and my cousin Andrew was like, yo, did, have you seen Shane Gillis's special Olympics joke? And I was like, no. And he goes, it's actually a really fucking great joke. And you're like, really? You know, obviously special Olympics subject matters is tough to cover. Cause it's, you know, it's pretty volatile. I've had friends that have gotten in trouble for it, but we played it and it's a really fucking funny, goddamn funny fucking joke. Really insightful. I would say sensitive. It's not triggering or whatever. I'm so uncomfortable on this couch. Um, but it's a good fucking joke. And then we started listening to a bunch of his material and we started laughing hard as fuck. And I was like, you know what, man, you know, everyone loves a good fucking underdog story, a good comeback in our business. A comeback story is amazing. And this is a guy that kind of got thrown to the woke mob. It, it wasn't, it was not the most hateful thing you could ever think to say. I didn't think I don't remember. I, I in my recollection it has been a while. Um, it, and I think he got thrown to the woke mob because it was SNL and he took the hit. And he took it in a really hard way and got the moniker of being racist when, in fact, he is not. He's just a regular dude who said some off-color shit. Him and his buddy laughed and didn't think anyone would hear about it. And then it did get heard of, and, 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 and here he is. And I, and I think, I'll tell you right now, I know Shane is a good guy. I've worked with him before. He's a sweet dude. He is a very, very talented comedian. A very talented comedian. And... Uh, and I hope, I, I'm, I'm hoping for a fucking awesome redemption. I'm hoping in two years, three years, five years, 10 years, who knows how long he's been doing it. But if, when he's, I hope when he's 47, he has a fucking amazing career that he's very proud of. And people look back and go, man, that thing he did when he was young, so silly, so stupid. It was dumb. And he laughs it off. And he's like, yeah, can you believe that's how I started? Because he's that talented. He's at Stanhope's house right now with Doug and Sam Talent. Like I said, that podcast will be coming out next. But this is me and Shane just shooting the shit. By the way, Hot Summer Nights Tour is back on the road October 7th in Salt Lake City, October 8th in Grand Junction, Colorado, October 9th in Colorado Springs, the 12th in Prescott, Arizona, the 13th in Santa Fe, New Mexico, 
The 15th is a very special day. I can't tell you why. It is a very special day. I will announce that soon with my friend Tom Segura. That's right. (laughs) Houston, Texas on the 16th. The 17th, San Antonio, Texas. The 18th, Dallas-Fort Worth. St. Louis on the 20th. Toledo on the 21st. Cleveland on the 22nd. And Hoffman Estates, Illinois on the 23rd of October. And then our tour is over. We're going to find a place to stop, party for a couple days before Halloween. And then we will be back. I can't wait. I can't wait to get back on the road. Um, I can't wait to get back home, really. I've been gone for quite a while. Oh, I forgot to plug my battery in. There we go. Um, but you're going to love this podcast. Find me on the road, Hot Summer Nights Tour. We're going to add shows, I'm sure. I think the, I think we've already sold out a bunch of shows. Tickets are available at burtburtburt.com. No promo code. Get your tickets right now. Starting in Salt Lake City on the 7th, ending in Chicago on the 23rd of October. Today's podcast, without further ado, my buddy, stand-up comedian, Shane Gillis. This is All I can say is, boy, am I so excited that we postponed it until today. Oh, you got the news? I saw some of the most riveting footage I've ever seen in my life last night. What was it? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> what was it? Big J being dosed with LSD. I know. I know. It's I've I haven't felt that guilty all day yesterday, dude. I felt like I'm so I still haven't talked to him. He still hasn't talked to me. I I'm talked like, to him yesterday. I'm pretty sad about it. It's well, it's really, you know. It's but very fascinating. It was, for me. But it was funny. <laughs> it, so. uh, I'll tell you what. It, uh, unlike, I, I would say, I will definitely say, unlike my dosing, there was backstory, and it was really fun. It was. I, I'll tell you what. Knowing what I knew, I, I have so many fucking questions. I want to. We should probably <laughs> talk about this first. Then I've got a ton of stuff to talk to you about. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You showed up. Uh, you showed up just on our radar on the tour bus. Someone was like, someone random, just like, dude, you heard uh, Shane Gillis's joke? And I go, what joke? And they're like, the Special Olympics joke. And I go, no. And they're like, oh, it's fucking it, my cousin Andrew. He's like, dude, it's one of the fucking better jokes I've ever heard. And I went, really? So we play it on the tour bus, put it on the screen, and we are crying, laughing. Oh, we're crying, so nice. laughing, and we're like, God damn it! And I was, and and. And then all of a sudden, it's like you were popping up everywhere. But this, so so I'll, let's start from the beginning. So I get a call from Ari. I get a text from Ari like two nights ago that says, um, "Legion of the Legion of the Skanks is the greatest podcast ever. Uh, it is exactly what should be happening in comedy. Prove me wrong." And then me and Tom wake up like, "What?" And then he and he goes, "Sorry, I was on LSD last night." Uh, I was a little high. And so we're like, okay. Yeah. So then I call Ari yesterday. I go, hey, congrats on presidency. I know you were his vice president. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. And he goes, uh, yeah, it was fucking crazy. And he tells me the story. I, I would love to hear it from your perspective, from how it started off, because that is right. what, 
because I spent the whole show waiting to find out when you whispered to him that he was being dosed. I, well, I whispered. All right. All right. So I get there. Everybody was going down to the stand with the intention of getting fucked up. Like DeRosa on the way there, he called me and was like, Norman's coming. We're all going to get, like, it was just like, we all, you know, it's one of those nights where everybody kind of had the idea of we're going to get, this is going to be an ugly night. And uh, so it was fun. It was rowdy. It was a very fun night. Um, but when I got there, I saw this, I saw, you know, I saw a guy hand LSD to Lewis. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. This is, I've never done it. I was like, this is a little wild. And uh, then Lewis, Lewis, like, Lewis is an idiot. So he was, he looked at me and was like, I'm going to dose Ari. Don't tell him. And I was like, oh, okay. I won't tell him. And I immediately walked over and told him, I was like, yeah, Lewis is going to try to dose you. Uh, so this is before Ari sat down. This is before the show. Yeah, it was right and before the show. it's important to note that Ari and your platform was for the, this. We're talking. So this is the day they're running for Legion of Skanks president. And Ari yeah. and your platform was mayhem. You will incite yes. mayhem. Ari dresses the Joker. You, I will bring mayhem. There is no order. Chaos. <laughs> yeah. And I think if you know Ari, he loves mayhem. He loves, he does love chaos. I sometimes think he likes chaos more than he likes comedy, to be honest with you. <laughs> you know, I think Ari would much rather urinate on Zach D'Amico than go up and do a set. I think definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that worries me. That was, this was a, on, you know, yeah, 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 a shaky yeah. alliance, dude. Ari's <laughs> obsession with chaos is, what's that? I was worried the whole time. Chaos. Okay, okay. So, so you know Ari's getting dosed. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. My connection's stable. Give me a second. Paulson, yeah, we awesome. good? Okay. So, you know Ari's getting dosed. So, you go up to yeah. Ari and tell him. Tell him he's getting dosed. I mean, with the plan of obviously giving it back to Lewis. Like, sneaking it back to Lewis. Dosing yeah. Lewis. But... Uh, while we're sitting there, I see it. I see the cup of beer. I didn't know when it was going to happen or where it was going to happen. Right when I sit down, Ari like kind of points to his beer and there's a tab of acid just sitting on in the foam. And I was like, all right, that's the one. And then, uh, here's where it got sad because Jay, Jay's been having a rough week or two, you know, he got yanked off stage. Uh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> so funny, dude. Dude, that, that that story in and of itself, uh, the fact that the guy who yanked him off, his dad was like, my son's a piece of shit. Uh, my daughter's fucking bipolar alcoholic. I'm a Legion of Skanks fan. Do or die. Yeah. Fucking go mites, go mites, go mites. And you're like, Jesus these people. Christ. Yeah, these yeah. are the worst people. <laughs> so he pulls them off stage. They're the worst, dude. It's like, yeah, but they're also the funniest. So he pulls Jay off stage and Jay lands on him. And the, I mean, hilarious. And then Lewis comes out and beats him up. So Lewis gets all the credit. Lewis is the hero. Jay's a victim. So it's kind of, it's a shitty look for Jay. That sucks. Uh, especially because Lewis then was like, yeah, I'm the best. <laughs> like, but uh, so then uh, the fucking Jay is talking last week and Lewis ruins the 76ers game for him that he was recording. Uh, just a pretty consistent level of L's over and over again and then he got last place in the election he got 
10% of the vote, which is crazy. I mean, he got like, you get like people like, it was almost like actively disliked him. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, we should should be, we should be very clear to anyone listening to this. I am, I am good friends with Lewis, Jay, Ari, all these people we're friends with all these fans that we're shitting on. We like, Oh yeah, yeah. this is part of the uh, energy is like, it's like, it's, it's fine. Everything's fine. No one, I don't want anyone that's coming brand new to the podcast and hearing this for the first time being like, what kind, you can actually say what kind of animals are these, but we love, love these yeah. animals. Like that's part of the beauty of it. Yeah. I mean, there the story I'm, I'm kind of the bad guy in the story here. So you're, you do not, by the way, you do not come out the bad guy. I've watched this. Right, good. Times. Your hand rub like, a, Oh no, is, yeah. is, I dude, it's too, all right. So I sit down, Jay loses and he gets up to give his concession speech, which is so funny, such a funny time to dose him. So he's up in front of everybody accepting his loss. And then I just watch Ari put that cup right in front of Jay. And I was just like, oh, dude, not Jay. This is not the guy. But yeah, I had to. Yeah, I don't know. I had to go with it. And then. uh yeah, I mean, I was conflicted, but it had to be done. <laughs> it, 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 in you know, it's crazy because I, I will say, you know, I, obviously everyone knows I was dosed by Ari. Um, the feeling is uh, Jay and I had a lot in common talking on the phone yesterday a day about feelings of how you feel when it happens to you and why it's you, why they picked you, and and I think Ari's defense is. It was whoever was closest to me at that time. It was going to be whoever was closest to me. Yeah. And I think, and I think Ari also looks at dosing people as like a good time. Like, it's like, that's the fun of being a comic. I know Joe celebrates it. Like I've heard Joe, I've heard Joe talk both ways. I've heard Joe talk to me personally, very concernedly about that's fucked up. We're grownups. Yeah. That's we shouldn't do that. But then I've also heard him celebrate it on his podcast. Like how fucking crazy, man. What, what kind of job, you know, like, so it really yeah. is a weird way to, to receive it. I, I know Jay is very um, bothered by it, but in hearing it and hearing it just as a fan, I was like, shut up. I got to watch this. I, everybody's so did. funny. <laughs> oh, dude, I bought the fucking, God awful gas digital <laughs> membership last night to watch it in my bed. You should have but fucking stolen that link. It, uh, what? So so tell me now. So explain to everyone how it shakes down at the end, which is before, hold on, before we do it. I do want to say I agree with almost the same thing. Where like if I was talking to Jay, which you know he's, I would text him and be like. Yeah, it is fucked up. Sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I feel I felt horrible. But yeah. then there's also a part of me, and I've been wrong about this to literally everybody I've talked to, where I was like, like, if I was the one who got dosed, I think I'd be, like, okay with it. And that, that was uh, funny. But everybody, literally every single person I've talked to have been like, oh, no, I'd be furious. I'd no, be you, furious. Everyone, everybody. Everyone's going to be furious, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because it 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 reaches it's far further reaching than just a prank it's how do you perceive me how do you why would you okay, do that? Yeah, yeah yeah like that and it's and it's you know and it really it fucked with my head 
very bad, like very, very bad. And, and, uh, and it fucked with, it really did fuck with me and Ari's friendship where we had, to, I had, I had to make a concerted effort effort to forgive him where I didn't, I really didn't want to. I, I didn't, I didn't care to, I was like, I, I don't need to give you that energy. I don't need to forgive you. I can just write you out of my life and not have you in my life. And there was a solid month where I was like, I don't need to talk to him. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to talk to Joe. I don't want to talk to Tom. I don't want to talk to any of them. We were doing sober October and I was shut down. I was incommunicado with the group. I think me and Joe and Tom started a separate thread where we didn't include Ari. I think we were all like sober October is over. It'll never happen again. And, 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 and my wife hated him. My daughters hate him. Like it, it was so complicated. (laughs) My daughters hate Ari's guts. You know, they said to me last night, uh, it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the funniest, I, I have a joke I've been working on stage about, about it because what I, I won't, I won't share the jokes. I, I think it will work on stage one day, sure. but, but, but what's crazy is that like they, they heard about big J last night. I, I called my wife and I was like, I was like, Hey, uh, I was like, uh, big J got toast. My wife, lo- my wife loves big J and Lewis a lot. Yeah, she loves Lewis and Bobby Kelly, like those kind of guys. My wife loves, and she goes, "Ari fucking did it." And I went, "Yeah." And she goes, "I fucking knew it. God damn it! Why? Why hasn't he learned?" And then, so then I called, and I called back later that night because my wife and I were going to talk about it. So I was like, and, she, and Georgia picked up the phone. She goes, "Ari really is a piece of shit, isn't he?" And I was like, "Georgia, hold on." <laughs> and it's now I'm defending. I'm defending Ari to my yeah, daughter yeah, 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 yeah. and it's such a fucked up situation to be in that but but i empathized with jay but i will say that like and i never released my content and i never will because that that look in your eyes when you see it happening and you went oh no like and yeah. and when i when jay realizes he's been dosed and he's like wait is this real he goes yeah he goes nah <laughs> it's like oh man there was one part there was one I part thought- during where Lewis was like, no, that's like some really strong acid. And I was just like, oh, fuck, dude. Because it was while they were talking about Ari being dosed. Lewis was making fun of him. He was like, that's some strong shit. And I was just like, oh, fuck, Jay has it. This is not good, dude. This is, oh. I told Soder and Soder was like, Soder was like devastated. <laughs> he was like, oh, my God, dude. Yeah. And it was too late. I mean, he already... He already had drank it. So Soda was just like, oh, dude, this is going to be bad. It's so interesting because I thought you were taking sips out of that beer the whole time. I, I took at the end of it. I drank it to like I because yeah. I did kind of feel bad. I was like, I'll do it with you. Said we can have fun. But, you know, he left. And then I was just on acid for the first time in my life. <laughs> Wait, how was I forgot. I forgot I took it because I was drinking. And then I was sitting outside and somebody yeah. just went like this, like in front of my face while we were talking. And I was just like, oh, man, do that again. I got to see that. Yeah. And they did it again. And I was like, oh, fuck, I forgot about this. So I text Ari and I'm because he was downstairs. And I was like, yo, are you I think that acid worked. Are you feeling this? And he was like, no, I'm fine. And then a minute later, he was like, oh, never mind. Yeah, it's, it's very strong. Holy and uh, it was. It, yeah, it was pretty strong. Yeah, I told Jay, I said, go through, because uh, he's like, you know, I got a lot of feelings. I said, I said, hold on to your feelings. Hold on to your feelings. Hold on to your thoughts. Don't share them with anyone. Because, I, because 
because it was the biggest mistake I did was or the biggest mistake I've ever done is ever just go and be a hundred percent candid on fucking podcasts. It's my, <laughs> yeah. it's, I, I regret it. I regret it a hundred percent all the time, but I, it is who I am, I guess. I, you know, I, I don't know another way to operate, but um, what you, you just said is exactly what Jay needs to know is that like, it's, that you're not just like, like, yo man, get over it. Like that's no, see that that's, that's what I think really angered me was yo bird, get over it. And I was like, Hey, I'm a, I'm an, I'm an adult. Yeah. I'm allowed to have feelings. And that's what's fucked up about when you talk about the group that we're in, the group of guys that comics that we hang with, which has been maybe rightfully blamed at times as being toxic masculinity. But, but is, is that, yo man, get over it is what's wrong. With, yeah. What's wrong with us in general, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Uh, yeah. And Jay, like, I don't know. It's it's obviously it's not for me to ever say like, oh, come on. It's like, dude, he's never done that drug. And then he, he got, it's like rape, dude. He was like, what? He's like, I, are you someone took advantage of me? What? And it was just like, yeah, your closest friends. Anyway. Yeah. But, yeah. And, but, but go ahead. It was funny. So I'll tell you what. That's where I'm. If, if, I didn't know if I didn't know, first of all, if I didn't know, I probably wouldn't watch the whole podcast. I, I would have yeah. been like, yeah. get to the election results, two hours, but man, knowing what I knew, it was one of the most riveting things I've ever seen to watch Ari, to watch Ari. First of all, plot, he plotted for a solid 45 minutes hour. <sighs> and then once he struck, to watch him act for another hour to act yeah. like he had gotten dosed to then to watch Lewis to watch you was fascinating because you are the only one in on it that is on sides of the fence Yeah, to watch Lewis do these little nods. Like, yeah, I got him. I fucking got him. <laughs> I got him, man. I got him. And then to watch Lewis with all the bluster and confidence of the Puerto Rican rattlesnake, <laughs> declare you want, I'm not going to ruin it for everyone, but the, because yeah. I want people to watch it. The reveal was, I mean, I, like, I FaceTimed, I FaceTimed people last night and watched it with them. Like, it was like, <laughs> it's crazy. It, was <laughs> it really is crazy. It really is crazy. And that is what ne network television will never allow that. Like that, that, no. that is one, that is a well, the one law. The law, the law would not. <laughs> yeah, that was illegal. I don't know. That was very illegal. <laughs> that was a crime. <laughs> I mean, that you, feel was like, a, you know what I, thought? yeah. You know what I thought was like, as I was watching it, I was like, you get, you're such a nice guy and you get put in bad guy situations where you're not a bad guy. You're just standing, you're just in the wrong, you're in the wrong place at the wrong, at the wrong time. Does that make sense? Yeah, I've been in a couple of those, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been in a couple of situations where I, you know, wrong place, wrong time type deal. <laughs> uh, but well, that's the, and here's what sucks the most for me is Jay and Christine have helped me out. They've always helped me out. They were like, they like brought me into the group, you know? Yeah. I'm the, I'm the new guy in the group. And then to betray Jay, who's. Just your like guy. A, yeah. 
that's like a real fucked up move for like me to jump in and be like, yeah, fuck you. And you know, he brought me in. It's a hard call <laughs> on your spot because it's, it is a hard call because you aren't the one doing it. You aren't the, you aren't the one doing it. Yeah. It's, 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 a, and, and then I don't know. It's, it's a tough spot. All I know is that being in Jay's shoes, all he wants to hear is like, not people who say, get over it. That's all. Yeah. He wants people to go like, Hey man, if you're mad, I get it. Uh, you know, I, I, Ari did, I have to defend Ari in, in my situation is he did do the right thing and he gave me space and he texted me. He texted me every single day and was like, Hey, I don't want to ruin our friendship over this. And in my head, I was like, in my wife's my head, she was like, uh, it should definitely be ruined. But in my head, I was like, I was like, it's not ruined. I just don't want to fix it right now. Like, I don't care yeah. to fix it right now. Like I do want to fix it. I do love Ari. I do. I talked to him for an hour yesterday, walking in this parking lot. And, and yeah. there are redeemable. I do think that this behavior will catch up with him. And I want, I wish I could be a friend to him and say, stop, this is going to come back in a really bad way. Like you can't, steal that much from the karma plate and never get bit. Yeah. I guess he's been bit ultimately with the Kobe stuff and like, you know, death threats and doxings. And yeah, I guess, you know, I guess he, you know, his thing is, is he loves chaos. He loves that shit. And, you know, I think my thing, and I do think it's your thing. And, and this is what I think this is by definitely, definitely probably Jay's thing. I don't know if it's Lewis's thing. I don't know if it's Zach Domingo's no, thing. And it's I, Lewis's. But no, but I mean, no, but I know when I'm, when I'm, when I say this, I mean me and Jay's thing. And, and, and I will say your thing is I would rather sit at a table and just find a way to giggle than the antics of dosing people. Like the dosing part I could get, I could give two fucks about like, yeah. it's was, it was what really bothered me about me. Ari dosing me is that I had a great fucking podcast with him. Like we had a great, yeah. great podcast. It was funny as shit. We were laughing. And then once I found out I was dosed, it was no longer fun for me. And so I know Jay's feeling is we had a great yeah. fucking show. Now, granted, I will say it was, um, it's pretty fun. Enhanced. It's in, <laughs> it definitely is enhanced. But I think the, the argument could be, you know, Lewis and Ari love that shit. Second someone, you know, yeah. takes a fake dick out and someone sucks it. That's the fucking take it further. It's like, you know? Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And that's, I totally agree. It's their thing. It's like pro wrestling, that show where it's yeah. like, this is crazy. This is fucking crazy. Oh shit. They're going to do this. They're going to do this. So, I mean, it's fun. It's fun to be a part of. I don't know if I could do it every week because it's a lot. But it is it's very a, fun. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I love that show. Oh, I love doing and Legion's game. Of, of course. I, it's fucking funny shit. And I love Lewis. I, by the way, I'm talking very honestly about friends. I love Lewis. I love Big Yeah, Jay. yeah, yeah. Zach to me goes hilarious. Fucking. I, obviously, I love Ari. And, and, but yeah. you, you can be from the outside looking in going, as, especially as a professional comedian, like this is fucking insane. I, yeah. I can't believe there's, I can't believe there's uh, alt comics that take these guys on. What fucking lunatics <laughs> are like, I'm going to fucking milkshake these motherfuckers. Like, that would be a mistake. I'm like blown away that there are dudes that go to war with Legion of Skanks. Yeah, but they also, these are these dorks like sit there and look at Legion of Skanks and they're like, oh, these guys are actually Nazis. And it's like, 
shut the fuck up. Like it's, there's a humor in Lewis talking about finally moving to a white neighborhood. And you're like, you're not white Lewis. Yeah. Lewis is a Puerto Rican. Yeah. It's it's hilarious. (laughs) I mean, and there is, and there's something really beautiful in gentlemen who don't care, really don't care about at all cancel culture or corporate do you feel do you feel like you'll ever find a way back into corporate comedy meaning not doing corporates but like getting on television or doing netflix or doing something like that do you feel like because what i'll know i mean i'll just say this from the outside it's like i'm it's admirable that you said i took that hit i got it but i'm still a comic i'm getting on stage every night and then and you're like i'm still i'm not what do you think i'm gonna just go that's it. You got me. I'm what set what 10 years in, seven years in. I'm fucking hanging it up. You got me. I'm going back to Philly. Like it's it's admirable that that you did that and you're putting out great fucking work. Thank you. Uh yeah, I mean, I'm just just gonna keep doing stand-up. And I mean, whatever I didn't get into this to do sitcoms. You know, yeah. I got into this because I wanted to do stand-up. So if I can, if I can do that, that'd be great. It's funny. I was talking to Soder last night. I was, I was driving home, coming down from Legion of Skanks, that fucking anxiety. And I was just like, I don't know if I can get it. Like I was, it was like one of those moments, like for the most part, I'm very confident about it. And then every once in a while, I'll have enough of a hangover to be like, man, I think I'm fucked. <laughs> like call Soder and be like, how the fuck am I going to get on a special, dude? I'm never going to, I think I'm going to be a fucking podcasting YouTube dude the rest of my life. <laughs> and he's like, ah, you'll be all right. So, I mean, the, the doubt creeps in for sure. But, but you're just, you're just putting in, I mean, it's interesting that special Olympics joke has the teeth that, that, that like good comedy has, but it's not hurtful and hateful. It's not like a yeah. hateful joke. And, and it comes from a place of, of working. I won't, I don't want to ruin the joke. I want people to hear it, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. but it's, it really is. And it's an insightful, it's an insightful perception as a comic. It really, it, I saw, and then, and then all of a sudden, like we started like binge watching a lot of your stuff and you have, you have a lot of what Burr has in, you say, you say things in a sports, me, in a sports rhythm. Yeah. Sometimes. Does that makes sense. Yeah, of course. It, it's sure. uh, Patton does it. You know, Patton said that he reads sporting news is top, 10 articles of the year just because he loves sports pacing of writers. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah, that I, makes sense. Yeah. But what, so were you a sports guy growing up? Yeah. Still am. Really? Oh, oh yeah. You mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> by the way, you, you went, I, this is what I love. You went to Legion of Skanks dressed like a coach. You're wearing an Under Armour college. <laughs> that's all I got. That's all I got is Under Armour coaches polos. <laughs> So wait, tell me about the hockey team. (laughs) Tell me about sports. Uh, Well, I played, I played football growing up and uh, I sucked. I, well, I played, I went to army. I got a scholarship. Well, not everybody gets a scholarship, but I went to play football at army and then I quit right away. And then I played one year of one double a college football, but I've always just, my whole family has been like, this is, it's just a Notre Dame picture in our basement framed that's a very important thing i met my parents uh my whole family's yeah just football cousin played at notre dame everybody's obsessed we're all huge offensive linemen big fat white guys that claim to be athletes it's pretty good what was the shift to comedy (laughs) um i don't know i do 
I always loved it. I did. Truthfully, I remember in like, I think it was like seventh or eighth grade, probably like eighth or ninth grade watching fucking Carlos Mencia and Dane Cook's half hours on Comedy Central. And I was like, those guys rule. <laughs> you know, you get older and you're like, oh man, I, you know, it's an eighth grade. But those Dane Cook's half hour fucking murdered. His, co- oh, his Comedy Central? I was there. Were you? Yeah, I went, I, went, I went to dinner with him after that. I mean, it was, it's still, it's still awesome. But yeah, I just, I, I remember uh, always liking it, always liking it. And then, yeah, while I was, it was actually while I was at West Point, I was like standing there because you got to like stand. All you do is stand at West Point, just stand at fucking attention and sit there. And I was like, if I do quit this, I'm going to try to try to do comedy. And I did. So this podcast is brought to you by ZipRecruiter, getting a job, finding the right employees for a job. All that's made so distance, so difficult right now. What with social distancing and, and supplying masks for employees. And it's, it's been a real nightmare just, and I'm doing, I can speak from personal experience. I'm working right now. Everything's been insanely made 10 times more difficult. Monica Starks could relate. She needed to hire people for her pivotal role at her construction company, GS Group. But having a tough time finding the right person was what was happening to her, especially with so many candidates out there. So she switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. It's technology identifies people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BirdCast. That's how Monica found Lamont Jenkins. She said that ZipRecruiter sent Lamont's profile to her around five minutes after that, she, after she posted the job, because he was great for the job. He was perfect match for the role she needed filled. Through ZipRecruiter, Monica's company has hired everyone from, a manic, from project managers to accountants to field scientists, but Monica is not the only employer who loves ZipRecruiter. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself how ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier. Try it now for free. That's free at ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-R-T-C-A-S-T. ZipRecruiter.com slash BertCast. This podcast is brought to you by Fiverr. The way we work together seemingly changed overnight. And if there's one thing we've learned, it's having access to the right resources is essential for adapting your business. 2020 not just sucks, it's been the year of uncertainty. So how can you plan your business around the unexpected? How can you plan your business plan around the unexpected? There's so much happening right now. Finding the right talent can be time-consuming, frustrating, and downright expensive. Fiverr's online marketplace connects businesses with freelancers offering hundreds of digital services, including graphic design, copywriting, web programming, film editing, and more. I need all of that web programming, copywriting, graphic design. Graphic design has been one of the most difficult because you always need graphic design to announce a tour. And, and it's been tough because you put it out online and then people all go, oh, I gotcha. And then you're like, cool, how much? And then they know they got you bent over a table and they're like, $1,000. You're like, okay, I was thinking maybe more in the 250 range. And they're like, never mind. You're like, shit, that's the one I wanted. Look, whether you're launching your first business, scaling your current business, or in need of extra support just to complete a, a project, Fiverr's global network 
of on-demand freelance talent is here to help you. Find what you're looking for instantly. It's easy. Customize your search by either service, deadline, price, seller review, and more. No more guessing game. You know exactly what you're paying for upfront. No negotiated needed. That's what I love. And they also have 24 service, 24-7 customer service, a network of quality talent you can count on. Freelancers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. Find freelancers that are ready when you are. Fiverr's platform is flexible enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of business. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code BERTCAST. Find all the digital services you need in one place at Fiverr.com with the code BERTCAST. Again, that's F-I-B-E-R-R.com, code BERTCAST, Fiverr dot com and use the code birdcast so wait tell me what's west point like uh i was only there for like fucking a month i was there quick dude i got really? out <laughs> yeah i hated it i was the, i'm not a soldier <laughs> at all uh i just wanted to play football um and it turns out i didn't even want that that sucked uh <laughs> were you there just for was, the hazing yeah, I was there literally just for boot camp, and then I quit. <laughs> wait, so what's wait? So tell me about boot camp, and then tell me about how hard is it to quit? Uh, it's embarrassing to quit, but it's the easiest thing in the world to quit because really? it's like all yeah. I mean, it's fucking boot camp, and all you have to do is say yeah. I'd rather go home, and yeah, I mean, they make it difficult for you to quit. They try to keep you. They like you. Really? You got to interview every single person. Wait, t- is, is it camp like army boot camp? Like, like, do they shave yeah. your head? Like, what? What is? I don't. I no, it's, realize it's I have no frame of reference for any. I don't even know where West Point is. West Point's uh, it's a little north of New York City, like an hour north. It's the United States Military Academy. It's it's an officer training school, so it's it's purely yes, it's the army. It's the like it's boot camp. Now it's a little softer. It's a little easier because it's for officers. It's for dorks. It's for kids who got like really really good sat scores you have to be smart you got to get like a, a congressman to recommend you to, for the school like it's it's a very elite school and uh so i mean the, like it wasn't that physically demanding now granted i was like 300 pounds i was playing offensive line so boot camp's hard when you're a big guy but you can just not do shit and they're like all right <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Like we go on like a nine mile jog or I'd just be like, all right, I'm going to walk this stretch. And they, they'd just be like, all right, fine. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the Marines, dude. It was, you could do it. You, I, <laughs> I remember doing pushups and pretending I couldn't do it anymore. And just lay in there. <laughs> dude, they must like- it must've been so obvious. That, like, just like, all right, this guy's definitely about to quit. <laughs> How many, people, how many people are like, like how many people in your class are like, you got this man. Come on, oh, everybody. I had teammates. I had like dudes I got recruited with that. I was like starting to become good friends with. And they, I was like, never mind, dude. I'll never see you again. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, so wait. I remember while I was quitting, this one kid, this black dude from Texas that played defensive end that me and him were, were, were pals on our recruiting trips. And we were, we were like, this will be cool. We're going to be friends, all this. And then he watched me quit. He was like standing at attention when I was walking out. And I genuinely remember him being like, like shaking his head while he was at attention. Like he was like shaming me. I was like, all right, have fun. Have fun going four and eight and then going to Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> go to Iraq. 
<laughs> it's a tough shit. way to end the season. <laughs> yeah, were you, were you in? Were you in? You were going into high high school. I'm I'm doing trying to do the math, but September 11th must have been like right around oh. that. Uh, September 11th was I think I was in eighth grade. Oh, for real? Yeah, oh. I graduated. I'm 32. God, I'd love to be 32 again. Which DeRosa brought this up when I was talking about the dosing. He was like, yeah, you're 32. If I was 32, I'd be like, yeah, that's a fun night. Yeah. And I, I was like, when you're maybe. 47, when you're 47, it's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Ari, Ari's almost 50. <laughs> Ari's, Ari, in Ari's defense, he did not bring that weapon. You know? Ari has their Lewis, Ari, Ari Lewis has, brought it to Ari the table. Has definitely has more defense. If I was Lewis, I would feel very guilty about I would feel very guilty about it because you're yeah. But you know what? It's it's uh, it's yeah, I will tell you, I don't know if you noticed it, but Dave Attell left immediately. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The second that think, happened, he went, All right, I'm out. I'll fuck you guys. Well, I told, yeah, I saw he hated it. I told Jay that Ari got dosed because Jay was like, why is everybody laughing? And I was like, Lewis put acid in, which is, you know, another Judas move because I knew it was in Jay's fucking drink. First, dude, dude, I told him, I was like, Lewis put acid in Ari's beer. And Jay looked at me and goes, are we safe? And I was just like, oh, fuck, dude. I really just betrayed like one of my mentors. Like this guy helped me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one. That hurt. He literally like childlike. Are we safe? Because Jay's such a fucking. He's like a sweet guy. Such a sweet. He's guy. the sweetest, nicest dude. And he, when he said, "Are we safe?" I was just like, "Oh fuck!" This <laughs> like hurt me. This hurt my. But then I watched him tell. A tell, like we were all laughing, and then he told a tell, and a tell was like, "No." He just, I just, he just said no, and I was like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Now I'm thinking, yeah, about no, it. no, makes sense in that situation. <laughs> yeah, once, once somebody, once there's like a, you know, a fifty year old, six year old guy being like, "No, what are you doing?" Yeah, like, yeah I, true. I always wondered. I've always wondered. Uh, you know, people, women. Let me rephrase that because that's going to come out wrong. The internet makes it sound like sexual assault happens so often. And I will say in my 47 years that no, the, by the way, I'm glad you went back to the drawing board on that one. (laughs) Let me, uh, let me rephrase this. It makes the first one good. I'm fucking, God damn it. Maybe it's you, Shane. Maybe it's you. Maybe you bring this out of people. The, my, the, the, what I was going to say is it makes it sound like guys joke, like, Hey, I raped that girl. And then guys laugh. And like that, that's yeah, the yeah, yeah. common thing. And I will say it, I've often thought in college, I thought, how would I react if one of my friends told me they raped somebody? I've never heard anyone ever, ever share a story that even sounded sketchy. I mean, even yeah. when I've called out people where, where I've been like, I've called people out and said, I, that sounds sketchy. It was always two black dudes running a train on a girl. And I was, and they were like, dude, it's cool. And I'm like, I don't find that cool. I find trains to be sexual assault 
personally, I can't imagine there's a woman that's like, no, 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 that's what I want. Two dudes just fucking my mouth and my ass and then high-fiving each other. I can't imagine there are women. I guess there's women out there that love it. I think there's, yeah, some women don't like it. And then they end up. uh, I can't imagine my wife would like it. It happens to a lot of sports teams. (laughs) A lot of college football teams get in trouble with that. Yeah, and so. I think the girl says, yeah, never mind. But no, but I I said, I said, uh, (laughs) I I always thought how I'd react when that happened. And then when someone told me that two guys told me they had it, ran a train on a girl, I was a young, I was a young comic in New York and I was, didn't, I didn't speak up and I was very bothered by that. And, but by the way, everyone was laughing about it. And I was like, I was like listening and I was like, I should say something. And then I'm like, where do my, where do my words go to say that when you were 32, I was 26. And then you're like, yeah. it is a weird place to put a young man in is where you're like, I, tr- I wanted to speak up and go, that sounded like it. And by the way, they said she was into it. From all accounts, there are women that are into it. I think if I had spoken up, I probably would have looked. Yeah, there are whores. There, I guess so. There are whores. There are. There are. (laughs) There are women who I really can't. I mean, I understand is an old Patrice joke. Uh, Just so you know, ladies, two girls and a guy is a threesome. Two guys and a girl is a train. (laughs) He's like, there's a big difference. But it's cool to watch on the internet sometimes, so I, I can't shame them. I can't, but I, you know what I think? I think what's wrong with me is I have a very, um, a very like, uh, kind of like a basic sexual appetite. So like, I can't no, like, I can't watch like blowjob porn. I'm like that. I'm just watching a dick. Like I, I don't know. Am I, I supposed to be turned on by a. I fast forward. Yeah, I fast forward the blowjob. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what do you? And I, two guys, I'm like, definitely not into. I'm like, what am I? It's rough. Yeah, it's it pretty ugly sometimes, especially the dongs touch. Oh, god! And bump in. All right, what are we doing here? What happened? What topic are we on? <laughs> <laughs> now you were explaining how uh, women lie about sexual assault. Go ahead. <laughs> not what I said. That was what you were going for, and then. <laughs> I had to speak up. Listener, I'm sorry that Bert just did that. I had to speak up. That ain't right. That's right. It's like, it's amazing that they can take anything out of context on a podcast now and make it sound like, and by the way, me and Segura did a bit where we said it was called take it out of context. And we just said horrific things that we had no attachment to back and forth to each other. And I know one day one of those is going to come up and be like, they said that. And we're going to have to be like, yeah, it was a bit. And no, well, yeah, luckily, here's the thing. You guys have enough fans and you've put out work. So it'll be tough to cancel. It'll be tough to cancel you guys. Um, oh. I had nothing. I had no stand-up out. Nobody, still nobody's really ever seen me do stand-up. And so nobody knows if I'm funny or not. So then when a clip like that comes out, everybody's just like, oh, well, that guy just sucks. He's like an edgelord who sucks. And, you know. That's what happens. So when they take it out, con- like all of a sudden people were acting like that was my material, like a clip I, I, that I got fired for. They were like, yeah, it's just not funny. It's like, yeah, I'm not saying it was the greatest thing ever. It was in the, I, I was a average fucking conversational joke during a podcast. Like it wasn't some genius bit that I worked on that fucked up. Anyway. No, it's, it, it was, be all right. it was two, it was two guys fucking around on a podcast. I listened to the podcast I, after it came out. I listened to it and I was like, 
it's just it's just too, it's it was like it wasn't it definitely was not a thought out bit and uh, and and it was like just fucking around and by the way if they could do that with any of us they go through there's i i was saying you know i don't know how much shit i've laughed at that is now horrific you know where you go nine years yeah. ago someone said something off color on a podcast that's really aggressive and i laughed at and then you're just like Hey man, just you know, like that's a hate crime you laughed at. You're like, ah, I didn't yeah. hear it that way at the time. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm working on it, but I don't think I give a fuck. It it takes a lot to not care, really. But I, I especially when you were like, when I was just, I was just so close to things being pretty fucking cool. But, and it's gonna be harder. It's a lot harder to not give a fuck about like getting canceled and all that shit because they do hurt like you you i read comments and like articles that are like racist guy and it's like oh that fucking sucks like being ah see this is what you're talking about being candid yeah i'm still i'm feeling myself starting to be candid and i'm like ah this sucks no no be candid because that's i look i've done it my whole career and i think people can i think people can empathize more with a person that's not being guarded and trying to present yeah. a brand to you. And, and like, if you just go, Hey man, I say fucked up things and I fucked up and I don't, I'm not perfect. And I, and I have feelings that aren't a, a, a brand loyal to this like death squad yeah. fucking mentality. Like I'm just a regular person, but you were saying it, it does it. You read, do read. Stuff. Yeah, of course it affects you. And then of course, like it affects like relationships and like, like, dude, if I meet people and they Google me, like, if you Google racist comedian, I come up. Like, it's fucking wild. But that being said, there's still, and it, it, I, again, I hate to be the guy that's like, this is an art that I care about because I understand what it is. It's us fucking around. But it's also, like, something that I am, I care about. So not apologizing and being like, look, I, I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep doing it. And hopefully it, you know, I don't know. It, we've reached a point where all of a sudden we care. We're, we're judging everybody on like, I need to have a political platform now. It's like, what are we doing? Oh my God. I'm, I had, I had a rant. I did a rant in bed last night about what, like I got into an argument with someone the other day saying, I don't, I don't, I don't spend time reading about politics because I don't know anything about politics and it doesn't interest me. It, it yeah. really isn't my interest and nor should I. Nor and that's should, racist, by the way. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it is. I'm no, sure that's it your is. white privilege. That's your white privilege. You don't have to care. Yeah, I get, I'm, I'm certain it is. By the way, I used to say that I was the luckiest guy in the world. It just turns out I'm white. It's, I was like, I thought everything was turning up roses. For good me. things. God damn. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy. I got pulled over. The guy let me go. I can't believe it. I'm the luckiest guy in town. <laughs> That's hilarious. The, um, but, but, I, but I don't think people... Oh, my God. Ari Shafir's calling me right now. Should we take it? Yes. All right. Ari Shafir, I am doing a podcast with your vice president, Shane Gillis, right now. Oh, great. Are you asking how he fucking destroyed Lewis? And how we're fucking the greatest politicians to ever rule anything? And we will be ruthless to anyone who runs against us. No, we, yeah, we're well aware of that. 
We're talking about trying to have ownership with Dosing Jay. How do you feel about that? Yeah, Lewis was pretty wrong to do that to him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was fucked up. I did say Lewis. Lewis brought the gun to the fight, dude. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, what they're talking about is these cops shooting unarmed people. And so I heard uh, somebody, Sam Harris, somebody go, no, cop has a gun. So once they're in a, in a fist fight, there's a gun on the table. Nobody's unarmed. Um, my point is, black people need to go away. All right, it was good talking to you, Ari. I'll give you a call later, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. Yeah, well, well what'd you think? What'd you think? <laughs> what'd you think was going to happen? He, uh, interview one time, someone was like, you know, what do you think's going on with America? What do you think? And I mean, I remember watching it and he was like, you know, Ari, arms like this. He was like, violent revolution. We need to murder somebody. And you're just like, yeah. But, you know, I, uh, I blame Hitler. I don't blame Hari. I blame Hitler. His dad went through the Holocaust. It must have been rough growing up with a Holocaust survivor. This is all Hitler's fault. So, in essence, True. you know, that is, uh, if you're going to blame systemic racism, you got to blame fucking Hitler. Epigenetic uh, trauma is what that's called. I looked it up. Is it, is it, Really? Yeah, if you're if your if your ancestors went through trauma, you have PTSD. Ooh. So I don't know how real that is. In fact, I'm fairly certain that's bullshit, but it makes sense. It makes sense uh one generation away, you know. Here's like what I was gonna say to you before smoke. Ari called. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> here's, what here's what I was gonna say to you before Ari called. And this is what I think is like the thing that I, I'm seeing is that America, uh, Hollywood especially, but America loves a comeback story. And I, I really do believe that your, your, if you're going to call it, can I don't think it was even canceling, but like it, it wasn't really that bad at all. Like what you did comparatively speaking to what people are doing and what people have done is so fucking, I mean, it was just, it was maybe at worst, if you're going to really own it, it go, it was insensitive, you know? Yeah. But but it was it was two guys trying to fuck around about a premise that you wouldn't do now. You would probably go, ah, maybe I yeah, maybe I'll, I'll rethink. It. I don't know. But it's it's a, it's, it's like it's, it's already happened. So you can't sit there and try to fight yeah. it. Yeah. All you can say is like is like that. I think it in the scale scope of things that have happened with with when we've seen our peers get canceled. It definitely wasn't predatory. It definitely wasn't. It was. It was ins insensitive at, at best. I ignorant, yeah. if you want to say ignorant, you can take that. But like, it wasn't predatory. You weren't like saying you, you know. And, and once again, I haven't, I haven't heard this for like two years, or whatever. But I think, I think that is the thing that I think is will be your story is you your your perspective comes from a place of I really don't give a fuck. This is what I love to do, and I'm going to do this as good as I can and be better than most. And I will, I will get your, when, when you get a fan and when you get a fan, I think people will go, I actually love that dude, man. He's, you know, everyone loves a comeback story. And they really do. You know, look at fucking Mel Gibson. <laughs> Mel Gibson I mean, rules. <laughs> Mel, Mel Gibson was, is like, by the way, Apocalypto, you cannot deny that's one of fucking best movies you've ever seen. Apocalypto is so fucking good. 
it's so good. And by the way, movies are, I've always get subjective and objective wrong, but, but comedy yeah, is, I, comedy is the opposite. Is like, you can't deny comedy. comedy you laugh comedy is subjective. Oh, yeah. wait, no. If you can't I, deny I can't help it, myself from laughing. Yeah. I can't help it. I just, I just can't. And I think that's what's, well, I mean, I mean, what do you, when, when, when you're on the, you're on the other coast of it, when you hear about all these LA comics getting canceled and having gone through that process, is there, what do you feel when you see that? Um, well, first, selfishly, you know, I do the thing internally where I'm like, oh, good. I didn't like that person for no reason. I, I don't even know these people. <laughs> yeah. So that's the first thing. I keep that to myself. And then, and then I really some think people don't, by the way. Some people it. don't. Like a lot well, of people just go online and just go, he, he was a hack anyway. That's just like, your own. That's your own ego. That's your own ego. That's not, that has nothing to do with them. I've never, I've never met. Anybody that's been kid, like, all right, let's talk about Dalia. I've never met him. I heard he murders. I personally thought it was comedy for hot chicks, but there's no, like, everybody that's been at the store, like Tim Dillon was telling me, he was like, guy fucking murders, murders. So it's like, you know, it's like, I can use you as an example, but once you go, it, it like with you, and I can say this because you're with me and you can defend yourself, but like, yeah. If I go, guys, it was a joke. Then people will go, wait, it's def- explain the joke. And I'm like, well, it wasn't a great joke. Like they were just riffing. Like, and they're like, well, no, it's defend it. Uh, and you're uh, like, okay, never mind. Uh, this is more work. Hey, you gotta go upstairs. You gotta go upstairs. What are you guys saying? No, I did not. Hold on, I'm fucking doing something. <laughs> Sorry, I said the F word. That was my niece. <laughs> <laughs> Get. Sorry. So, so like I was saying, so like with you, and I can say this because you're here, so you can defend yourself. If so, if if when and then when you it came out about you, I know you. So I was like, at first I was like, said something, and and then all of a sudden, I, then you're like, they're like, defend the joke, and you're like, well, I'm not gonna hang on. I yeah. don't want to. This is more trouble than it needs to be. I don't. You know what? I don't really give a fuck. Like, I, I, and then they're like. You said on a podcast, and you're like, okay, I'm out, I'm out. I don't exactly, exactly. And and so I think that's what happened with Dalia, is that like I read the first couple things, and then I was like, all right, man, I'm not, I'm, you know what, I, I, I don't have any emotional attachment to this, and I can't involve myself because if I get outraged and get drunk and write a tweet, then all of a sudden, I mean, you saw Neil Brennan, what Neil Brennan wrote, like you wrote, like. By the way, I think Neil Brennan tried to defend Chris. And it came out that he was attacking Chris. Yeah. And then everyone swarmed on Neil. And then everything Neil's ever done is, is subject for debate of like, so yeah. now let's also talk about you, you white splaining black culture to us. And you're like, and yeah. Neil's like, fuck this man. Like, I don't feel like, t-. and by the way, it is 10% of Twitter that's doing this. Yeah, it's it's not even that. It's like ten percent. It's like ten fucking people. There's, yeah. it's it's crazy. Uh, and I, I, it is I, scary. With, I admit it. With it's the and especially you know like you hear numbers like when the Chris stuff goes on. She goes, I had two hundred and forty emails within the next ten minutes, and you're like, holy shit. There's no really quantifiable way to say that that is true. So you just sit back and go. 
you just sit back and that's i mean maybe that maybe it's yeah. that old adage like i didn't sp- speak up when they come came from the gypsies and then yeah 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 i was talking to burr about it yesterday i go what ended the red scare like with mccarthyism and burr was like it was an edro edward murrow speech have you no shame and i was like yeah, I don't think people really give a fuck about shame at all. Like they're like, oh, no, get rid of that guy. I don't like him. I, you know, yeah, and that's the other thing. It's also we're in this industry where, man, people are so happy to watch their fucking peers get brought down. Like so happy. And I was on, yeah, I've, I've been witnessed it firsthand of people celebrating it, like tests yeah, with they like, celebrate. It. They literally celebrate it. It's so, and I think, and I do, I know that there are, I mean, you got to be honest. There are young comics that look at this as an opportunity. They go, all right. So they look, they do the math. They go, all right. Story used to have Joey, Joe, Callan, Sh- uh, Shab, uh, uh, and, and Dalia. Those are five spots that have opened up now. Five. Yeah. I might move spots. out there. I'm t- dude. I, I mean, there's five spots that have opened up at the store that because they're all leaving, and and there's more by the yeah. way. There's two other fucking humongous co- comics are are buying houses somewhere else. Two other huge comics are leaving that haven't said anything yet that I know of, and then and 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 Theo Vaughn's moving to Nashville. Like so, there's I mean, there's probably going to be arguably ten spots open at the store. And if you're a young comic and someone's like, "Hey man, uh, uh, fucking." You know, um, David Spade, I don't even want to say anyone's name. That's how weird this is. I don't even want to say anyone's yeah. name because then everyone's like, wait, what do you know about him? Because that's the culture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, it already, it's funny because it's like, it's like with coronavirus. It's like, if you get it, you can't get it again. You know, it's like a disease. So I already got the, I'm good. I'm immune. I, they can take nothing from me. I have nothing. Like yeah. it's, so it's, it's very, interesting to watch and also it puts you in a pers- it gives me a it gives me a position where i can actually speak up you know i can be like hey that's fucked up that's weird um but also sometimes i feel like i'm not i'm not the right guy to do it <laughs> you know like if somebody's getting in trouble i think the last person they want on twitter is for me to come out and defend them and they'll be like oh look the fucking racist guy likes you you know well, so it's like, it's like uh it's yeah it's it it is a weird thing because if like if theoretically, <laughs> if there was like a, uh, someone said someone acted inappropriate, the last thing you want is like Jeremy Piven going, hold on, I got this for you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I'll take care yeah, of this myself. Get this one out, but I appreciate it. Just text By the way, I feel bad even bringing Jeremy Piven's name into the mix because I know that he feels like, he told Andrew Schultz that he's like the, the he's like the, he fell on the sword for everyone. And, you know, I once again, his was like, it's like allegations are allegations are definitely the fucking law. And I wonder, I wonder what, you know, it's always, there's one, the one thing that, that shifts that no one saw, like uh, no one saw that happening because we've changed the paradigm. And I wonder what that's going to be with this, where we're like, Oh wait, I didn't mean that. I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh fuck. This is a game changer, you know? Yeah. I don't, I think it's, I don't know. It's it's all of a sudden we've gotten to a point where we're pretending all of us aren't very fucked up. Like where it's like you have to be a like morally correct person 
at all times in order to do comedy? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. I don't fucking, I mean, you don't, you don't have to. I think, I think that, I think that to play devil's advocate, there is a code of conduct that I think that maybe wasn't super prevalent in the, I was was talking to someone about this the other day, but that, that there was a code of conduct that wasn't prevalent in like the early 2000s when it came to being a female in comedy and mm. guys maybe and 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 i any say that maybe guys didn't understand guys didn't know the me too movement reckon that all i'll say is i've never really seen i've never seen it i've never seen anyone do anything inappropriate but once again i'm usually in and out of the clubs at the bar like i'm not yeah. i've been married for 18 years so like yeah. i'm not I'm the wrong guy to ask. I know Segura feels the same way. It's like, we don't see guys taking their dicks out in the green room and being like, if you want to get on stage, you got to suck this dick. I, I don't yeah. see that. But I know it has I, happened. It, it has happened. Yeah, I've heard those stories. But again, I, you know, I started significantly later. Like I started, I mean, doing like shows in like 2000, you know, 12 or 13. Like, and then... Yeah, I haven't started doing clubs until like seven, 2017. So like I haven't, I've only been around the kind of the woke, not woke, but like, I guess, correct way to treat people. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, I haven't witnessed it that much, but everybody that's been doing it for a long time has been like, yeah, it, it could get, it, it got a little rough. And it's, and you know, it's, it's, it's not fair for all of us, meaning you know, like I, I went and did the comedy store in London and those guys were assholes to me and they were bullying me and they were trying to get in my head before I went on stage. The British? And yeah. The, what's that? Bunch of British dudes were talking shit. Yeah. The guys backstage and uh, they were fucking with me and trying to get in my head. What were they doing? Uh, I went backstage. I was supposed to do a guest set. We were filming for um, a documentary I was doing and my management had gotten me a guest set at the store. So I was going to do seven minutes and I go back and they're like, uh, and, and they, they wouldn't let me in the club. They wouldn't, they wouldn't acknowledge me. They made me stand outside as they tried to figure it out. Finally, they figured it out and they were like, yeah, you got like five minutes. And I went, I thought I was going to do seven. They're like five. And I was like, okay. And they're like, go backstage. They'll tell you what to do. And there were three comics that were just straight up cunts. They were like, all right, mate, going on the biggest stage of the world. Are you ready for that? Because I doubt y'all American bullshit doesn't fly here. What are you going to do? Go and shit on the the the, uh, the Yanks? Is that, That's what works here. I wouldn't do any of that fucking... And I'm just sitting there and they're like three dudes. Mind the light, son. Mind the light, son. You mind the light, son, if you ever want to work here again. And in my head, I'm like, I don't really give a fuck to work here. <laughs> yeah. In my head, I'm like, I'm never... You think I'm going to get on a plane and fly fucking 13 hours to get a spot? You're out of your fucking mind. I need when, to stay... How long ago was this? This was... Were you at the store? Were you past at the store yet? No, not yet. Oh, okay. All right. I was going to be like, damn, dude. You could have just been like, you know, I'm at the real one. No, yeah, but they, there's no affiliation. <laughs> Still, so, fuck them. Yeah. And so, but I was, a, I was an accomplished comic. I was a headliner. I had a TV show. Um, I was headlining around the country and I'd done a special. And they're like, all right, mate, I'm on light. And then, and they're trying to fuck with me. Oh, I'm going to gonna go up what you gonna do you know like <laughs> and like really fuck like really not stuff you would never do to another comic and 
the only person I remember that was there that did not say a word was the tape on his face. The, that fucking act where the guy puts tape on his mouth and goes, Arr. yeah, Arr. that guy's from Arr. fucking Arr. England. It? it was on America's Got Talent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't, you don't get his accent much with the tape. Yeah. I never heard but his yeah. accent. Now that makes yeah, sense. So, That's something. Yeah. And so he went up before me, by the way, and he fucking murders. He yeah, destroys. of course he does, dude. He's doing a, he's a fucking mime. Yeah. And so he goes up and they're like, all right, uh, name again before I go on. And I'm like, uh, Burt Kreischer. And they're like, no credits for you. No credits for you. Just going to bring you up. He's a fucking yank. And you're like, oh, I really appreciate this, man. This is like such a cool experience. And they bring me up this next guy all the way over across the pond for this. Let's see if he, let's see if he can bring it. All right. Why? Why? Look, here's. Keep I've, going. Got I've got a strong theory on this. That was basically their Apollo. All right. They were talking shit. It was a hostile heated because they don't have enough black people over there. So there's there's cliques of white people in England and Ireland that think they're the toughest. And it's very annoying, dude. They need to get some black people. Oh, dude. All right. Never mind that bit. See, that was a missed bit. That's how that works. It's okay. It's okay. Sometimes I, uh, you take shots. <laughs> take, you got to if you, you got to take Took a shot, shot downfield. It was funny imagining that was the British Apollo, and it's like, yeah, this isn't this isn't as scary as what we have. Stop. <laughs> um, right before I went on stage, I said, uh, I said, um, do I have to turn the mic on? And the ah. guy goes, Are you being serious? And I said, no, will it be on when I get on there? And he goes, yes, it's on. The whole thing's on. Oh, my God. And now they think they've got a rube on their hands. I go out, and yeah. I will say, in my defense, I fucking ripped that room for seven minutes. I did seven minutes. They can yeah, suck. Yeah, hell yeah. I'll never hell go yeah. back there again. I, um, I ripped the room, and I get off stage, and all three of these cunts are sitting on a mattress, on, a, on the couch, and they're like, one of them says, all right, guess you've done this before. And I was like, yeah. And I just walked out. I was like, fuck this place. Suck my dick. Fucking. And I know that's not indicative of the comedy store in London. (laughs) It's not. It's a beautiful club. It's run by great people. Great comics are in there day in and day out. But the run I had, and I'm saying this to like, not to like defend all male comics, but like the run I had was (laughs) dealt, I had to deal with three cunts. So I'm sure that women have dealt with a lot of cunts in their life that are assholes. And, and I know that I've said things, I know that I've said things, bringing a woman on stage one time. I said to, I said something about Janine Garofalo that was not, by the way, this is when I was young and I'm a huge Janine fan, but I remember saying, Hey, like seeing her name and going, Hey, we got a woman on coming on stage. And that is not how you're supposed to do that. This is fucking 15 years ago, 16 years ago. And I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm a young comic. That shit happens too. Is young comics don't know how to interact. For sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I... Never mind. <laughs> no, it's... it's <laughs> I, was to, I was about to like me too myself. I <laughs> 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 did some fucked up shit early on. <laughs> Just, <That's, laughs> there's one bitch, I, mean, I held her down in the green room. <laughs> dude, I had Ryan Dalton come off stage one time. And by the way, I put this online. I had to take it down because Travel Channel didn't find it appropriate. But I, I had a videotaped him coming off stage and me just having my pants around my knees. And and that's dude to dude. I thought yeah. showing your dick to your friends was the funniest joke in the world. It is a funny joke. It, Don't it, let them it, take this from us. 
if 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 we if if we start me tooing each other, that's when we've lost this battle. True. By the way, True. I don't mean lost this battle like we're fighting me too. Me too is a great move. <laughs> no, Jesus you did Christ. say it. If the cameras weren't on, you would have said it like that. You guys should have seen it before we started recording. He was like, look, I'm going to go pretty heavy handed on those Me Too cunts. I was like, all right, man, you can do whatever. I got in enough trouble, but I don't know if you should. And then he did it, you know. The uh, It's funny because the <laughs> um, it's like I, I really I, I feel I feel stupid saying this, but I really am someone who tries to learn like like where I go. I want to learn. Because I my sometimes my initial thought isn't right. So like I remember the one I've the one that hit me the hardest was um yes all women. Do you remember that hashtag? Yeah. And it was like, and then it, immediately every guy was like, no, not not all men. And I was like, yeah, not all men is my head. And the one that uh, Jen Kirkman wrote that changed my fucking perspective was yes all women are terrified when they order a pizza and i was like what i was like what the fuck you're getting a pizza what are you scared you're gonna choke and eat it by yourself and then i said it to leanne and leanne goes oh no no it's absolutely terrifying when a man comes to your house and goes small pizza for one and you're like yeah and he's like looks over your shoulder and he's like you in here by yourself and she's like it's terrifying and i was like oh fuck i bet that is terrifying and then she was like and then the thing the thing that shifted everything was like when the me too thing happened i will say if you're ordering a fucking small pizza by yourself you're probably not the hottest lady (laughs) so you probably don't have to worry about it actually get it just just a salad (laughs) jesus christ or at least order like two larges and be like hold on everybody (laughs) yeah hold on jacked men (laughs) put your guns away jesus christ (laughs) stop doing push-ups he's here um yeah, I, the one thing Louis or when Louis got in trouble and she, and I said, but he they said yes. I was say, I was saying that to my wife. She goes, yeah, because he's like twice her size. And I was like, what? And she goes, let me ask you something. If uh, who's the fucking who's the the MMA fighter that has a sword? Brock. She goes, oh, you've heard me say this before, Halston. She goes, if Brock Lesnar and you were in a hotel room, he's like, hey, do you mind if I jack off? You'd be like, I'm cool with it. And then you yeah. leave that room and go, oh, I can't believe I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, good point. Good point. That's a decent point. That's a decent point. Yeah, a decent point. But I, I, that's like, that's just assuming fucking Louie would be prone to, he's going to fucking physically assault someone if they were I like, I don't think, I don't think, no Louis thanks. I don't think Louie, I don't, personally. I know he does. Well, I, obviously you can't say I know anymore. But I don't think that guy would ever do that. My experience with Louis has always been that he's been a very sweet guy. But, uh, but yeah, you know, and it's interesting. I think, I but think, you know what? It's time for us to ignore our personal interactions with people and fully rely on gossip we hear on Twitter. So right. it's like, yeah, maybe I can trust him as a person when I've been out and hung out with him. But I did read this fucking tweet about him. So fuck him. That is really interesting is that, you know, you, you do have a really interesting perspective, Shane, because that is how people treat, treated you. They're like, yeah. I met him. I, I, didn't, I never saw him to be racist. And then people were like, but I guess he's just racist. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. no, I've treated everyone the same. Like, what are you talking I'll about? Tell you, I'll tell you what really happened. No, I've, I mean, I've definitely done racist shit. 
I have. Like, there's, yeah. I've been, dude, get hammered at an open mic. There's, it's a mixed race fucking group of comedians. Sometimes I get too comfortable and think we're all fucking good friends, or these yeah. are my friends from home, or shit like that, where I can say anything. Now, it's not like I'm fucking out there screaming the N word or something, yeah. but you get too comfortable. You say something stupid, but I don't know. Is that, is that something that should then therefore make me a literally a bad person? I don't know. That's up yeah. to you. If you're a psycho and want to hold people to those standards, you can. But uh, here's what happens, and I, it happens every single time, is I got can't, I got started to get in trouble. Immediately, every fucking comic in Philly that hated me oh. tweet, tweeted paragraphs about awful shit I'd done. Just, imme- dude, there was one guy that was like, he outed one of our fellow comics on stage at an open mic who... He left out the, the part that that was one of my very good friends and we were fucking around. Um, there's people that were like, I heard he was creepy to women, which is like, I, well, I've never, I don't think I've ever talked to a woman in a green room. I don't talk to any, I'm not trying to get fucking laid before I go on stage. No. Like that's insane. But like, it's just, once you, once you get that like the green light over your head where everybody's allowed to shit on you and they'll, they'll fucking walk. You, if, you, if you're allowed to shit on people publicly, you'll do it. And that's what everyone does. As soon as, it's the same reason like everybody on the left calls fucking Mike Pence gay. Like that's a joke to make fun of a guy for being gay. He's not gay, but they use it as an insult. They're like, yeah, Mike Pence. I heard that guy's fucking gay. And it's like, you're allowed to make fun of him. So you're allowed to like, does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I, I've never found. If you feel like you have the moral high ground on somebody, you can publicly just destroy them and say yeah. you can use like homophobia against them, which is what they do to Pence. Or you can be like, yo, my fucking Donald Trump's a retard. And it's like, I don't know if you can say retard, but if you're making fun of him, you can. Sure. It's like, I don't know. No. I don't know. I'd like to thank my sponsor, Whoop. Look, as a listener of the podcast, you know a lot about a lot. I know that because I'm a listener of podcasts. In general, we all listen to the same shit. You know the insides of everything. But did you know enough about yourself? Whoop is the 24-7 health and fitness tracker designed to change just that. It monitors critical daily metrics like recovery, sleep, and strain. And it's personalized to your baseline so you can know when you're improving on fitness, when you're falling behind, and when it's time to rest. With all the stresses in the world happening in our lives, this is the best time to monitor your health on a deeper level. I know for a fact I am personally doing that because of COVID, and I am overweight, and I want to make sure that I'm getting enough rest. Look, whether you're looking to know how your body is recovering or how hard you should train the next day, or for me, how well you slept, Whoop provides those insights in real time with their built-in app features. Today, Whoop is helping workers, universities, and pro athletes all stay healthy while returning to work and sports. This has been the best fitness tracker of my life. I use the strain coach every day I work out. The sleep thing, the sleep coach tells me how much sleep I need. And I wake up, the first thing I do is I check my sleep out. Those are my sleep stats. By the way, I did something like shit last night. I was at 33%. But look at all that green in the week. And by the way, I was partying this week. That yellow, that first yellow, I wasn't drinking. All those greens are when I was drinking. That's interesting. Whoop even has a built-in strain coach, which I use, which actually gives you an optimal target exertion goal for your workouts based on what your body's sig- signaling that it can hand. So if you're at home or on the road like I am training and you don't have someone to coach you through it, it's the perfect feature for that. And based on how strenuous your day is, the app then tells you 
how much you need to sleep with the sleep coach. It tells you when you can wake up and and be recovered based on your performance goals, all which you can set. For my listeners, Whoop is offering 15% off with the code BERT at checkout. Go to Whoop, W-H-O-O-P dot com, Whoop dot com, and enter the code BERT at checkout. Save 15% off. Trust me, you will love this damn thing, and you will never take it off. Sleep better, recover faster, and train smarter. Optimize your performance with Whoop. Now is the time to celebrate. Football is finally back, and DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has millions of reasons why you should be excited. To kick off the football season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at $1 million top prize. A $1 million top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs this Thursday's for this Thursday's football contest. Get in on Thursday night's single game showdown is easy. All you have to do is go download DraftKings using the promo code BERT. Draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. So head to the app right now to start making it rain. Is that how you spell rain? That's interesting. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using the code BERT will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. Download the DraftKings app now. Use the code BERT for a limited time. New users can get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special one-week bonus. Enter the code BERT to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That code is BERT at only DraftKings. Only at DraftKings. Make it rain. By the way, minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. I said to my dad, I said, you know, hypothetically saying, what if someone accused you of something sexual misconduct, and you were innocent, what's the course of action? Because Leanne and I was in the pool, and Leanne was like, how would you behave if someone accused you of something that you didn't do? I said, oh, I'd go on the attack. I'd get a private investigator. I would fucking, I'd sue. I'd sue immediately. Yeah. I'd sue the Los Angeles Times. I'd sue. I'd find out why this happened to me. I'd, I'd get a private investigator to find out why they're attacking me. And she goes, she goes, just for shits and giggles, call your dad and tell him, that like what you do. And I called my dad who's a lawyer and I said, so here's what I do. And he goes, all right, first off, you don't have enough money to sue the LA times. That's it. First and first mm-hmm. foremost, he goes, it's three, it's going to cost you $3 million at least. And I said, okay. And he goes, secondly, you're not going to win third. You, uh, he goes that it's their job to make sure they're not liable. Trust me. Like they are, they are not liable. And I said, no, but it's the allegations are wrong. And he said, okay, Now, let's say you have just offered yourself out to the world to say, if anyone's got any dirt on me, please deliver it now because I am. And you're like, holy fuck. You're like, fuck all this, man. Like, and my dad goes, the thing you do is just shut your mouth and hope it goes away because there's no, there is no recourse. Like there is no fighting it. And you're like, God damn it, man. And then, you know, you watch one guy come out, make a statement. You may watch another guy stay quiet. You're like, what's the right answer? Cause n- neither of them seem accurate. You know, I think, 
I mean, I don't, I don't know about those type of allegations there, but in my case, it was like, yeah, there's really no, there's no fighting it. There's no fighting it. You're, you're just like, the, like putting an allegation out like that. It's, it's done. The damage is done. It's like Dalia. The damage is fucking done. No one's, if it turned out, like if, if somebody looked it up and looked into it and investigated it and turned out Chris Dalia did nothing wrong, the damage is fucking done regardless. Like, that's how these things work. Like, the guy being on the fucking, in LA, the LA Times, that's, the case is closed, dude. Yeah. That was it. That was the trial. He's guilty by just being front page. I mean, there's no fighting it. Did you have to talk to your family about it when it happened? Uh, they, they supported me. They know who, you know, they were, for the most part, they thought it was pretty funny until I... Yeah, it was funny. Everybody in my hometown was like, holy fuck, dude. Nice. Like everyone was like, you're on, you're number one on Twitter. This is crazy. Uh, it was funny because everybody was cool with it. And then I did a joke about how like Trump, Trump would be the funniest president to see get, he'd be the funniest assassination. Like yeah. he's the funniest president. It would be the funniest assassination. And Fox News fucking was, or somebody, a reporter was in the audience recording it. Uh, Lewis is calling. Fuck him. And, uh, they sent it to Fox News, and Fox News was like, comedian says it'd be funny if Trump got shot. My That's when my dad turned, because my dad's a fucking Fox News guy. He was like, what are you doing making fun of the president? <laughs> I was like, all right, all right. <laughs> you fucking loser. Uh, no, everybody, my family's cool with it. The one that hurt me was uh, my niece. My niece was getting bullied, I think, a little bit for it. Oh, for real? Yeah, that's where that's where it starts to get like ah, uh, and like you know, my mom was proud for the first time, and then that got, and it's the same thing as like people that don't like you celebrating when you fuck up. It's the same thing at every single level of how many people you know. So like my mom going around for like three days, being like, my son's gonna be on Saturday Night Live, and kind of tossing it in some fucking lady's face whose son's a loser. She was probably like, yeah, fuck that bitch. I'm glad her racist son got destroyed. <laughs> That's so crazy. Yeah, like, it, it's funny, too, because it's interesting now that, you know, my my bus driver is a black dude and one of my closer friends. Oh, congrats. Congratulations. Thanks. You know, well, it's... Oh, I, thought, I forgot you had a tour bus. I was like, you're bragging about, like, your local city bus driver being black. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it took me... I was like, damn, you take the bus? <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he um, but his perspective has, and I think black people's perspective in general has always been, yeah, all white people are racist. So it's interesting to like, I, I don't think, I don't think they, I don't think they mean all white people are walking around lighting crosses. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. But I think they're saying, yeah, there's this, this institutionalized racism that you're even unaware of. So it's like, in a weird way, like he'll say things to me where I will, it's, it's amazing. I, you know, I've had black dudes I've been friends with, but never one that I came at from, from like two grown men from very different walks of life who, you know, and, and despite the fact that he is technically my employee, he has no problem challenging me on just about any yeah, fucking yeah. the other day. He told me to pick up arms and take a side because the race war is coming. And if, if, He's not on. If I'm not on his side, he knows where my family lives. <laughs> so that's good. I hope this guy fucking kills you. 
it's 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 been interesting to have a, a fucking friend that is willing to be fucking really candid with you about his feelings and about you know and where you can get you know one of the things i love about it is you can get into a heated conversation with him but you're good at the end because you're not mad you just that's how you talk yeah. um yeah but it is racism is such a weird thing that people throw around because everyone's guilty of it to, to some extent and then they say but he did it and you're like yeah but hold on you've never done it like you've never you've never done yeah, anything yeah, yeah. sideways where you're just like clutched your pearls or clutched your purse or fucking caring to somebody like and you know it's so fucking interesting because now you see the levels of racism that you see are real genuine like genuine yeah. when i see people go go back to your country i'm like who the fuck says that like i understand <laughs> uh sarah silverman making a joke on conan about asian people i get it her attempt is to make people laugh but someone is like go back to your fucking country i cannot defend that i go i'm yeah. sorry i'm like well, here's how you defend it. There are fucking a, a ton of really, really dumb motherfuckers in this yeah. country. And you got to be pretty fucking dumb to say, go back to your country to somebody. Um, you know, you'll see videos online of like lady screams the N word. It's just a fucking like a, a homeless lady on a bus. It's like, all right, but I'm not downplaying race, but that's that's usually yeah, yeah. how that the answer to how you can be that ignorant. Now, don't get me wrong. Smart people can be racist, but we're going to, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. No, it's, 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 it's a tough, by the way, we're in just tough territory for two white guys because everything we say sounds, sounds subject to. Yeah. And any, and it also, you know, cause if you're thinking about the scrutiny, then you're not being honest and then you're going to, you're going to end up saying, you know, like I just backpedaled towards the end of that statement. <laughs> like you're going to start backpedaling. You got to backpedal on everything you say. Um, but yeah, the racism thing is like, here's, here's, here's something that I thought was interesting. So like, I'll be seeing things about like, you know, there'll be a tweet or something about new SNL or like, if you're trying, if you're a new cast member, make sure you delete everything you've ever done. If you're looking to have a career in this, make sure you delete everything you've ever done. So it's almost like everybody knows everybody has bad things. And if you get caught, then you're a bad person. But if you delete it, you're not a bad person. Yeah. So it's almost like a very public acknowledgement that public perception is the only thing that matters where it's like, Oh sure. I think almost every white person has said the N word, but if you say it on, you know, if somebody secretly records you and says it now, you're, you're the worst guy I've ever met in my life. Oh, yeah. And it's, I had an instance uh, where on my first television show, I was, I was very insecure. I, and I mean, like, beyond insecure that I wasn't going to do well. And I was trying to make everyone laugh and cracking jokes like the whole time, thinking the cameras were on the whole time, not realizing like just trying to get my energy up and like, sure. And I was, I'm probably saying a lot of off color stuff as well. But one of the things I said was I could, at the end of the day, the first day I couldn't get a read through. And I had had a couple beers at the end of the day, not knowing we had a read left. And then we went and we went and did the read and, I had a few beers and I said, this is why you don't get drunk before you're done your day work. And my sound guy, Eric Beanie pulled me aside. He goes, Hey man, just so you, you got to be aware there will always be a mic on you for the rest of your life. So you need to be aware of what you're saying because you've been really loose today and I've been cutting your mic out, 
but there are some guys that won't protect you that will let it play and let it, especially if they don't like you, they'll let it go to the production company and they, you will lose a job. And he was like, I got you, I'm covering you, but you need to be aware of that. And Beanie was this guy that kind of taught me you're always being recorded. So I've been, I've been at dinner parties where, and by the way, I have a very diverse group of friends, but where people are speaking open and honestly about race, dude, I have when in those situations, I don't know if this is good or bad, but I always think a neighbor's recording us. I always bad. think that's that a neighbor is recording us because I've gotten this mindset of like, you're always being recorded. You're always being listened to. You're always being like, I think e- I hear you. I hear you on that. And I think it comes from number one, always recording. I mean, you're talking hours of podcasts and then you do the thing where after the podcast, at least I do, where there's this anxiety for like at least an hour where I'm like, fuck, I wish I hadn't said that N-word bucks joke, you know, that I just did. That was a mistake. (laughs) It wasn't a mistake. It was funny, but I'll feel bad about it for like an hour. I'll be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Uh, so there, and then I was thinking of this the other day where it's like, it's starting to blend together where I'm like, did I say that on a fucking podcast? Like I'll be driving and be like, damn, that was fucked up. I hope I didn't say that publicly. <laughs> like, oh. I don't know. I don't know. It, it bleeds in. It's, it's been bleeding in slowly this whole year. It's, it's only been a year of me being somewhat known. And it's, it's only been one Has year and I'm still feeling that. Uh, actually, wow, that's pretty funny. I think today, one year ago, it was either today or tomorrow, I auditioned for SNL one year ago. Wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. <laughs> I haven't. It was cool. I got to be honest with you. It. I mean, SNL's kind of taken this leap of like celebrities. It's a celebrity sketch show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. The the kids on it aren't getting enough play, in my opinion. I agree. I think it's. I think it's a disservice to comedy to just have all the celebrities come on and just hit him. And by the way, they're. I mean, some of them are actually. Some of them are pretty good. You're like, wow, that's really fucking awesome. And then you're gonna. It's like if and and then. I don't know. And I think, I think that the men are never really, I've never really been a big fan of the men on the show. I, I was with Farley and Spade and those guys. Yeah. And the women on the show are just, it, it really is oh, yeah. fucking murderous. I think, I think they really shifted to a women centric show. I think, uh, I think it was like Will Ferrell, like right before Will Ferrell kind of like, there was some really good ones. And then Tina Fey, and Amy Poehler and them. So it's, yeah, it's definitely, I'm definitely, I'm personally not SNL's fucking target audience at all. So yeah, it's not, not, you know, the show's not really for me. I'm not, my wife and my daughters love it. Like they'll watch, that makes sense. they'll watch the sketches. They love it. And by yeah. the way, I love it. I love, I'm, I'm like obsessed with uh, like three of the performers on there. I think they're fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean, we can update fucking rules. Yeah. SNL is cool, but it's, uh, I, I'm not going to fucking be like, all right, I want to laugh. What should I watch? Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to watch gonna it. I'm not going to be like, yeah. It's interesting. That's, a, that's been tough. That's been tough for me not to like, I've been really trying to avoid like ever shitting on SNL because then it, it just looks like I'm just being a bitter, bitter pussy because yeah. I would have, I would have taken it. I very happily would have been on that show. Oh yeah. So, all of us, all of us. I mean, it was like, it was I thought that would be my path. I didn't know that I'd be in, get into stand up the way I did. I thought I'd get up to New York. I'd get on SNL. I'd get on MTV. I'd be a VJ. Uh, I'd party hard. I don't, I don't think I had like a game plan. Kind of partying. 
I got the partying in. My game plan, I just watched, like, I just listened and saw clips of, like, ONA in the cellar and then Louie. And then I was like, all right, that's what I want, which ended up being exactly what I got. Like, that trajectory of, like, hope, like stand-up New York comics uh, versus, yeah, I never, I never assumed SNL. And that's, you know, probably why I fucking got it. Yeah, I didn't. Like, I didn't. Yeah, know I don't care. Was, <laughs> I didn't know that people did the road. I didn't know that New York. I like. I didn't know what comedy was. I really, honestly thought when I got to New York, I had been in Rolling Stone. People were going to be like, "Oh yeah, hey, man, yeah, yeah." How about how about like we give you six hundred dollars and you just a night and you do stand up every night and you just figure it out? And I was like, I'll, I'll be into that. I remember like being such a phony when I got up to New York that. I mean, such a phony. It's so crazy. Like, what a fucking fake I was. And now I look back and I go, like, I was obsessed with Adam Sandler's uh, comedy album. Yeah. And I love, like, that, that, the, the guy in right field, the fucking the Janet Takes. Was that on that one? It was, yeah, that was on there. It was, uh, it was, medium pace was on there like all the songs and i played the guitar so me and my buddy eddie went and i mean we went and scouted studio space to do an album we had no money like we had no money and we thought (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. we thought somehow someone was gonna go hey man why don't we just give you the space and then you will get a we'll produce it we just thought i don't know what we even thought like yeah 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 and there was so was much probably of fun. It was probably fun telling people, hey, we're looking for a studio. It was because you had nothing. It felt cool on. being like, yeah, just checking out some studio space. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, we, we went and met with an improv group and auditioned them. Like, it was just such. Oh, God. It was like we met with an improv group and then my Eddie had met them. And then he was like, hey, I want to introduce you to them. They're really cool. And then I kind of sat with them and then kind of auditioned them to like, to like be a part of my group that I didn't have. It was just so, so fucking <laughs> bullshit of like, of like yeah. putting the, as opposed to doing the work I wanted, I just thought, I thought the work was horseshit. I thought the work was to do the, to do all the bullshit. <clears throat> my dad was the one that called me on that and was like, you're full of shit. You're not doing anything. And I told people yeah. I was a comic so much and I had barely, barely gotten on stage. I mean, it was like, a lot yeah, of people that start are psychos. <laughs> I remember I was, I was telling someone the other day, I was like, I, I Russ Maneve, I was doing, I must have said this on a podcast. I had, I was looking at an apartment and then I think the broker uh, was, was showing me the apartment and he goes, Oh my, my roommate's a comedian. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, Russ Maneve. And I remember thinking, God, I would love to get to the place where someone said, my roommate's a comedian, and it was true. And, and they go, his name's Burt Kreischer, and it was true. I'd be on a plane, and I'd be like, I'm a comedian. And they'd be like, oh, where do you work? And I'd be like, oh, around New York. Like, I'd just be like, yeah, fake yeah, it yeah. till you make it type of shit. Of course. And, and it's, it's amazing that you go, that I, like, at that time, not, I mean, my only goal was like, just get on. I just wanted to learn how to get on. stage. I didn't even know how to do stand up. The idea of getting on stage was so <laughs> fucking hard. 
You paid five bucks to get on stage. You could not call yourself a comedian if you were paying to get on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, everybody, once you start comedy, you tell everybody you know, like, yeah, I'm a comic. I'm just, I'm a comedian. They're like, where do you perform? It's like, Boomerang's Bar and Grill in New Cumberland. <laughs> like, I, I go up and black out for five minutes. <laughs> just adrenaline, not even booze. I black out for five minutes and bomb once a week. Oh, I mean, my bombs, I had a bomb my second time on stage in New York that was so bad, my cousin and my sister wouldn't look at me in the cab on the ride back to the apartment. They were like, it was silent. God, that's scary. And they peeled off. I've, I've told this before. They peeled off. Holy the, fuck. They peeled off the cab sticker of, you know, like all the subways and the streets on the back. They used to have stickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They peeled it off to like keep themselves occupied so they didn't have to look at me. And then placed it. I brought a guitar on stage with me. Placed it on my guitar case. And that is the very last time I ever brought a guitar on stage. Wow. I brought a guitar on stage. And the second I pulled it out and got on, everyone stared at the guitar going like, so when are you going to play that? When's that going to happen? Like, And then no one heard That's one of the jokes I wrote. And it I bombed. And by the way, if you had, by the way, if you had recorded that bomb and posted it online, it would have ruined my career. Yeah. Yeah, they do that too, which, you know, people are always like, yeah, you should post, post more clips. It's like, I don't know. I might still suck. I don't know if I want to put those out just yet. I might still suck. I might still suck. Have, I don't know. How long Please. have you been doing stand up? Uh, probably about like 10 years. But yeah. the first couple of years, I was, you know, fucking around. Yeah. Last couple, last, last like five or six years, I've taken it very seriously and what's 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 your plan with like post pandemic are you gonna stay east coast uh yeah yeah i'll stay in new york i still i still like like once the clubs open up and however the fuck long that is like a year year and a half but i'm still doing the road like i'm doing yeah i've been doing the road like this whole time really <laughs> yeah kind of so where, where are you at where are you at coming up uh Although shows get canceled all the fucking time. Like last weekend, I was supposed to be in Baltimore and it got canceled. Um, like day of. This, uh, I'm in Wise Guys in Salt Lake. Oh, first, I love that place. First weekend of September, then Phoenix House of Comedy the next weekend, then Minnesota House of Comedy. Oh, those so, are great bookings. So for the next three weeks. Yeah, I'm gonna go to Stanhope's in between Salt Lake and Phoenix. Oh yeah, you for, went and party with Stanhope. Yeah. Well, tell me about that experience. You? Oh yeah, you've been there. You? Oh yeah. You you would you would handle it well. I handle hangovers like a bitch, and I like drinking. I drink too much, <laughs> but every dude, I I was there for, geez, probably like a month. This. Well, you this, were there for a month. Yeah, I drove. So all right. During during this whole quarantine, I was on the road when it started. So I was in Florida when it started. I was supposed to do South by Southwest the next week, and it got canceled. So I was like, fuck it. I haven't taken a vacation in two years. I might as well fucking stay in Key West. And then I ended up kind of getting trapped down there. <laughs> really? So then I, yeah, I didn't want to fly back to fucking New York City. It, like, and you, but you had March, driven down to Florida. You had driven down to Florida, right? Flew down to Florida. Flew okay, down. so they... 
So then you go down to Key West. How fucking great is Key West? I love Key West. I loved it. Yeah, Key West fucking rules. Although I, th- I thought there would be beaches. I didn't know it was like all rocks. It's all rocks. So that was like, I hadn't, I'd only done the weekend and I was like, damn, I'll spend a week at the beach. This will be fucking great. They're like, bars are closed. I was like, all right, I'll just hang out at the beach. They're like, oh yeah, we don't have beaches. We just have rocks. I was like, all right, I'll fucking drink in a hotel room for a week by myself and look at the water. <laughs> so I did that. And then uh, rented a car and drove to South Carolina. Rented, I was just renting Airbnbs. They're all, they were so cheap. Everybody yeah. canceled all their beach houses. So I was just renting, like I stayed at Hilton Head, like a beachfront Hilton Head house for like two weeks. It was fucking great. Lake House in Virginia, and then I drove out for a month. I drove across the country to stay at Stanhope's, which Sweet, was cool. Did you, never know, done that. did you know Doug before then? Just through text. Never fucking met him in life. In real via, life. Via the SNL shit? Did, is that when he reached out? Yeah. Actually, you know what? I did a show with him. Never mind. I did a show with him before, after the SNL thing. And then I went out and hung out with him. That try to explain, try to explain, try to explain if you can what that experience is like because I know, I I know what it is like. Now I got quarantined, Doug. All right, so we did stay at his place at his bar. I mean, we would drive around, we would do some, but I was living there. Like I was like, he's also Doug's a sweetheart. Like every day, he would make me breakfast every day, and like wait till I got up because I was sleeping in because we were out drinking like he's that type of guy and then you know I don't know I don't know what to how to explain it just drinking every way and and he's he's a comedy legend so like you want him to like you you know and I'm new so like every once in a while we'd get drunk and I could I'd be like oh fuck Doug hates me so then that would be that hangover would be horrific for like the next day. I'd be like, fuck, what did I say to Doug? And then, uh, yeah, there was like fires. Okay. They, there was just a lot of chaos. It was, it was just, it's kind of a blur. And then they cut my hair. <laughs> I had like a ridiculous, they shaved like the sides of my head. It's a weird, it's a group of carnies that live in the desert is how I would describe it. Yeah. And it's, it's I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. I loved it. I, 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 yeah, I love it. Bisbee I've, is amazing. I was, uh, I'm thinking about doing a fall tour and, uh, and I was thinking about leaving early, getting, getting everyone COVID tested, leaving early and take it, staying down there for two days before we start the tour. But I don't know if we'd, I don't know if we'd be able to finish the tour. Yeah, that's truthfully, I'm worried about start a tour. Exactly. That's of this three weekend, this three week stretch I'm about to do. That's after the first weekend is staying at Doug's for like four days. And it's like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish the next two weeks. Yeah. Just opening up with a bender at Stanhope's. That's a tough, it's a tough open. I, my last day at Stanhope's was my last day at Stanhope's. I said to myself is my last day at Stanhope's. The last time I was there, I was like, I'm not <laughs> coming back here. This is not meant for my constitution. We, um, we had partied a bunch that weekend, I don't really remember much of the weekend, but I know that I had gone there once and just spent one night, like like less than 24 hours. And that was the perfect way to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tucson, Shaley picks you up, takes you down, partied all night, woke up, had a, and then that was the weekend Bingo ran away. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> she drove, she got up early, woke me up, 
and got me in a car and took off and said, you know, I'm running away. And I was like, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, and then, so I left on like a, a buzz of like called Doug at the airport. And I was like, just, you know, bingo ran away. Like, I don't know what, what I should do. I like, it was like, and there was like a hell like, got out by the way, bingo big, got out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A big, <laughs> I left the gate open. Bingo's out. She's out. dude. <laughs> so, and so then I, I kind and then, so I was like, I kind of left on a high going like, that was a crazy fucking weekend. I came back the next time. I don't remember what it was for. My wife was like, my wife loves Doug. My daughters love Doug. And, uh, and my wife was like, you know, I've been working a lot. She's like, you know, you need like a guy's weekend, but I don't, I think you should just go to Stanhope's on your way home. Stop by Stanhope's, go there for like a long weekend. And it started sketchy in that they were all at a hotel at the airport. And, and I remember going like, huh? And he's like, what are they doing? Dude? And, and I remember Doug, Doug was, and this is a beauty about Doug is you can say anything about Doug and he's cool with it. Like you can tell any of his truths. Doug's like, uh, I'll drive. And he's finishing a beer. And I looked at him and he saw me look at him drinking a beer and he goes, I'm just calming the nerves. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. So we get to his house and then it was on like three nights in a row, two nights in a row. And then the one, and then we had one day off and we went to one of their houses and went to the pool and we were drinking champagne and drinking vodka. And it was, I was blackout drunk by like, by like seven. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go pass out. And they put me in, in one of the trailers. I think it's called the rape trailer. Yes. And, and I woke up at like two in the morning, not feeling good, like shaky, like going, okay, I've had too yeah. much sugar. I've not, this isn't good for me. And I did not go to back to sleep. I had panic attacks. Uh, Lynn Shawcroft was there and accidentally ate way too many edibles and was rambling to herself in the center, like just talking oh my and God. organizing pillows. And I was like, okay. And then, and then you start saying stuff like, hold on, I'm a father. Like I'm a grown up. Like I got fucking, what am I doing here? Like, what am I doing? I love Doug, but this is not my path. This is not my path. And then Doug sees that I'm not doing well. And he's like, Hey man, uh, you know, if you're, if you're having a hard time, go have a, have a, make yourself a cocktail. Like we're going to go drive to the airport. We were both flying to LA and he was like, make yourself a cocktail. Do you want a smoothie? And I was like, I could really use a smoothie. I'm really weird about rules. Like, like, uh, about drinking. I have weird rules that don't make sense to anyone else. So I was like, I don't want to drink yet. I knew I was going to drink at the airport, but I didn't want to drink yet. And so I was like, I'll take a smoothie. And so he's like, made me a smoothie. And we get in the, in the, in the, car none of us are talking on my stomach's just in knots i don't feel good we get to the airport i have a he gets me a drink i go to the bathroom and i shit blood like tons of blood and i'm like oh my god and i come out with like a white sheet look on my face and doug's like what's the matter and i said i just shit a toilet full of blood and he was like did you and i said i did and he goes or was it that beet smoothie i gave you and i went oh my god you gave me a beet smoothie I was like, oh, my God, thank God. He goes, that cut through me, too. The same thing happened to me. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then that oh. energy, I just we started drinking at the airport, got on the flight, drank all the way to L.A., laughed. And I was like, all right, I'm going back one more time. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Well, I, I agree that it is. Like, I when I was leaving there, I was like, that took, like, I felt like that took years off my, I was there for a month. That's a that long was time like, to be there. That was like a lot. Like, it took me like a it took me a month. I went back to my parents' house after that. And it took me like a month of like just going home, 
fucking living here. Uh, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to take it on again. What's what's quarantine with the right mindset? What's quarantine Doug like? Well, I don't know. I don't really know regular Doug as far as going out, going to bars. He was pretty strict about it. They they took it very seriously, but I did. I really didn't. So you didn't. (laughs) I didn't really. No. I mean, I started. It it comes and goes. How serious I take it. Well, I looked at the the Legion of Skanks. I was like, how is not every one of those people getting COVID? Yeah, that's a risk. I like avoid it then. I stay inside with a mask. Everyone's passing around on. the same joint. Lewis is yeah. going around knocking menus off tables. I'm like, I'm like looking at it, going, no one's wearing masks. Like we're so strict on tour that we're like, like this yeah. is, like we're. Clubs, I'm, I'm, I'm too. What's that? Like comedy clubs are very strict when oh, I'm yeah. at them, but the Legion of Skanks is not. I don't know. Well, all their fans are Legion of Skanks fans are wild. Legion of Skanks fans are ride or die motherfuckers. Yeah. They're the best fans you could ever have because they will support you your entire career. I don't think, I, I think they, they're cool with me. I don't think they're like, I think they look at me like I don't go hard enough. I'm not honest enough. I'm not raw enough. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, I, I don't, like, I think, I, I get, I get, I get. <laughs> There's like, a certain level of honesty that you don't need to have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah like, uh, I'm cool with some secrets. Yeah. I always yes. get, I always get. I always get emotionally uh, feelings when I see a guy on my show has got a let that Legion of Skanks sweatshirt on. I always go, "Oh, cool, man!" Like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm I got some street cred to me. But you, hell yeah! Like, but I've been to those fucking skank fests where you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, this is like this is uh, in fucking sanity. Yeah. Like, it's it's it really is chaos. It is chaos comedy. It is. It is do it. Eat a eat a fucking bag of hair, and you're like, what? <laughs> eat a bag of hair, or you're or you're gay. Do it. And you're like, wait, what the fuck? I kind of wanted to do stand up, but all right, yeah. Uh, I tried <laughs> to do stand up at one of the skanks fest, and it was like, it was like drink, fucking yeah. drink, and I was like, I was like, I can do that also, guys. Yeah, it's more. I I love skank fest, but it's definitely more of a hang. Doing the oh. show itself is always like. It's, it sucks. I'm at home right now. My, my dad, my dad just came down and is just on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fight this. (laughs) My niece and sister came down earlier and just, I was like, no, 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 no. And they just kept walking towards, towards me. I was like, no, please. The whole time I was like, I don't want to disrupt the show and say something, but I don't care. And like right now, I'm just looking at my. He's just. I'm working. Okay, <laughs> like that'll be his. When, when are when are you at when are you at Stanhope's? Uh, I'll be at Stanhope's the first. So I'm doing. Hold on, third, fourth, and oh, oh, September. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, third, fourth, and fifth. I'm at Wise Guys in Salt Lake. So the sixth. I'm going to rent a car and drive from Salt Lake to um, Bisbee, which is, I think that's like a 13-hour drive. So I'll be there the 7th, 8th, and 9th. So three days. That's not bad. That's going to be fun. I thought... No, that'll be good. I'm not looking in... I'm, I'm looking in October. I called him and I was like, hey, I might... I might st-. Yeah, I've been texting back and forth with him a lot lately. Randomly. He's great. He's the best, man. He is... His, you know, for his as 
um, as aggressive as this comedy is where people would get upset or it would offend people or walk people out of a room. It's not that it's brilliantly written. I mean, yeah. he, he, t- he does, he takes, he takes swings at things that I wouldn't take swings at. And then shows me a different way to do it. I used to say that with Louie, like Louie would do a joke that I'd go, I had had that premise, but I didn't think of, I didn't sit and think it through. You know, yeah. Doug's, Doug's bit, I think he did it on this last special about the call center in India. Did you hear that bit? Yeah. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. And it, it at its base is a, is a, is I, I called tech support joke. It, that's the joke. But yeah. the way his brain reworks that is so brilliant. You go, you know, it's, that's what I love about, that's what I love about your, your, your joke that we were talking about earlier is it, it just was, it's the word it's, it's and that, and like the wording. And I think that's what you and Stanhope have in common. The town over. Is that what you said? The town over? Yeah. So they're the, the fastest town, ones. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the, it's just like that wording is what sticks with you. And I think like great wording. So many comics don't think enough about how they're saying it. Like have the premise, but then say it pretty also, you know, are you looking at your dad? Yeah. I'm so mad. I'm so mad about it. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Was he just talking on the phone? Yes. Oh, okay. That's what he's saying right now. Okay. Yeah, I'll go ahead and do it. He's working. What's your dad do? He's a salesman. So what he does now, so he's on the phone with a guy and he's, he's already, he's old. So he's made all his connections. So all he has to do is occasionally just check in with people and be their friend. So he, he has an office that he sends like two or three emails a day from, and that's his day. I, I'm sorry. I mean, we're going to fight. I'm going to fight him after this. You can. I get, I get, I get, the, uh, I would have made, I would have made a good salesman. Yeah. I thought I, I was okay. I sold cars right out of college and I was really? a decent salesman. Yeah. But I didn't know shit about cars. So that hurt. Every once in a while, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's not okay. <laughs> I know. It's it's also yeah. I can definitely hear him once he said. <laughs> I don't know. That's the beauty I, of a podcast, though. Is like, is like the thing I love about it. You know, my favorite thing about Rogan's early podcast was he had a landline that would ring every now and then. It would just ring. And he'd be like, God yeah, damn yeah. it! It used to make me giggle. <laughs> That it would ring every now and then you go like, oh, like almost like it was like a, like, like, oh, there's the old landline. And I missed yeah. that about the, the high, the, 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 the fucking structure that he has now where it's like fucking like that. There's no broken parts to it anymore. You know? Yeah. For I sure. I like a broken part in a podcast. It's what I love about like Legion of Skanks. The last time I did Legion of Skanks, it was, I, I, I remember being like, I can't believe people listen to this because Lewis was just fighting with someone in the audience. And it was like, and I was like, I was like, there's, this is what's beautiful about a podcast is that a diehard fan is sitting there going, oh shit, Lewis is doing his thing. You know, it's like you really find the thumbprint of the group or of the, of the show by the broken parts. And I remember being so high being like, being like, if this was my podcast, I'd be like, we need to fix this and we need a camera on this person. But I was like, there's no camera on this person. It's just Lewis fighting with a woman who has issue with Legion. <laughs> and then I thought, so that 
that is in essence part of this show is that there are people that feel underrepresented and Lewis is standing up for them because this woman is fighting with them in essence. I'm high as fuck at the time and I'm going, so that's like, it's, it's the beauty of what makes a great podcast is your listeners tether on the thing that, that they need in you, you know? Of course. Yeah, good. I'm glad your phone rang. Hang on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my cameraman. Oh, did I lose you? There you are. Um, yeah, my uh, fucking. Ugh. Um, well, dude, this has been a great podcast, man. I, I really sincerely appreciate you taking the time. Sorry, I checked out. I checked out as soon as. Nah. That's <laughs> just my dad was... talking in the background. It's like, it's all I can hear. And I'm, all he's doing is going, okay. Because he, he's got to look at a computer. To tra- this, this, I know what he's doing right now should take one minute. And it's 10 minutes because he's got to figure out a, him and another 60 year old are trying to figure out fucking emails in the middle of Pennsylvania. That's what's happening right now. What? Uh, I am clicking on that. I'm clicking on that right now. What else is there? No, that's yours. Okay. <laughs> it's just what it's. <laughs> What, um, uh, listen, if there's anything you want taken out of this, we'll take it out. I don't have a problem with that. I do that all the time. I have Halston go through and clean shit up all the time. So if you, and we're not posting this for like another two weeks, so sit on it. And if there's something you're like, Hey man, can you pull that out? We'll pull it out, clean it up. No problem whatsoever. Uh, I always, I, I had Bobby Kelly pull out something for me a long time ago and I hounded him so much that he goes, if you call me one more time, I'm just going to put it in all over the plates. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm good. In two weeks, I can make that Milwaukee's Bucks joke. If that came out today, I'd be like, maybe drop that one. In two weeks, people would be like, all right, that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'll be all right. So wait, where are you at? Where are you at? Um, where are you at in, uh, let's see. Well, maybe we'll put it up next week and get and promote your dates. Uh, that'd be great. The 3rd, 4th, and 5th of September, I'll be at Wise Guys in Salt Lake. The 10th, 11th, 12th, I'll be at House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona. And the 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, House of Comedy in Minnesota. So, those are the next couple of days. Yeah, that'll be fun. Please tell all of them I said hi. I haven't been. Yeah. I I saw Keith recently. I just did that room. That one's a great socially distanced room. You were actually, before we go, I'll tell you this. You were the first comic I featured for. For real? Yeah, they so it was you did a helium call into six show. So it was yeah. the Thursday, it was the early show at like noon or whatever you would do those shows. And the feature they had scheduled didn't know about it. So they the manager real quick called me like right before the show. And I was like, because I I lived like two blocks away. I was like, Yeah, I'll be down. It was my first feature, came down, did well. You were drinking motherfucker i'm just just listen to this motherfucking old motherfucker talk i'm gonna fight my dad (laughs) i'm gonna get my ass beat by my dad all right so you were drinking uh fucking uh what's that what's that whiskey fireball oh god there's a handle of fireball this is a noon show i went did did well you brought me back on which was fun we made fun of i called my ex-girlfriend tuna and you're like, that's funny. That. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're like, hey, you got to go into that more because I was talking about how I had to watch my ex girlfriend play rugby in college. In her tuna. Name was tuna. I remember that. I was so like, a fucking big tuna. God, she yeah. She ran like Mike Allstott. 
Uh, so I had, so we were talking about it, but then you were like, all right, let's do a shot before, before you're set. You, all right. So we, we filled up a solo cup, not a shot, dude. You like filled up like half a solo cup and I was just holding it like, fuck, <laughs> fuck. You dosed me now that I'm thinking about it. Cause I had to go along with it. I couldn't be on stage in front of a sold out helium and be like, no, I'm not going to drink. <laughs> like, I had to be like, okay. So I took it and I was like, oh, that was terrible. And you're like, cause you're like dancing and you're like, one more. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> so I remember we, the music I was into at the time. Yeah. Too. What was it? Dude, it was, it was, um, it was, um, it was this song. Oh God. It was, uh, this song by, uh, God, I forget the name of the band, but uh, I remember that song so yeah. good. Yeah. I, and you, you were dancing to it. When the, sh- like, when, the when the tequila runs out, we'll drink champagne. Okay. Damn, I remember that. The tequila I remember you saying that. We'll be drinking uh, champagne. So then I think we did three of those total. So it was like, <laughs> we drank like a solo cup full of fucking fireball. And then at like one, this is at 1 p.m. basically. And it was like, all right, you got an 8 p.m. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how. I have no idea. I was like 26 at the time, maybe 27, uh, maybe 28. And I was like, I can't hang. I can't hang with this. <laughs> like, this is crazy. <laughs> did we do shows that night? Yeah. We did. And this is, this is what was heartbreaking. I went back and the feature came to that the guy who was scheduled. So then it was one of those things where it was like, all right, it was nice to meet you guys. You were like, here's my email. Hit me up. Dude, I spent the next two years emailing probably, probably your agent being like, can I feature? <laughs> like just, oh, for real? No, no, no. Don't look them up because they're guaranteed they're fucking embarrassing. Don't fucking look them up. I wonder if I can get him. Don't fucking look them up. There's going to be horrible. It'd be oh. so funny if the last one's like me hammered, like you fucking bitch. <laughs> oh my God. I got a lot. Shut up. Delete your emails. Hey, don't I you fucking dare. Don't. don't you fucking dare. I know. <laughs> don't you fucking dare, dude. Don't read these. Also, I mean, don't read whenever these. and almost whenever you ever need to you read these. Why would I ever have told hey, you? man. Happy birthday. No way. I swear to God. What year? Don't be recent. This is November 4th, 2016. Ah, that's late. That's late to be wishing uh, a stranger happy uh, birthday. Oh, uh, uh, oh, hey, this one's You're funny. the only one. Hey, man, you I don't know if you know, but I just got SNL. Wait, what? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you mind if I open for you? I lost it. <laughs> Yeah, Dude, I, when we do so, our next tour, if we're over on the East Coast, I'll hit you up. I would love to have you come on. No, it's too late. I've uh, <laughs> I can't I'm past you. I'm past you. I don't know if it anymore. Bro. <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, no, I'd be happy to. It, it's that that has haunted me. That's one of those things that I've regretted. Like I'm be like you ever like I would just email. I never. You're the only guy I ever did it to. Only <laughs> ever. There's nobody else that I emailed like that. Oh, crazy. Yeah, that's fucking. This I was like, no, he liked me. All I need to do is feature. That'll be my big break. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. By the way, I it's not a bad idea that this email you sent me on November fourth, 
would have been really interesting. That's an interesting time in my life when you wrote Happy Birthday because I had just released my special. and Happy Birthday. Came. Yeah. Disgusting. I think we meshed pretty well. <laughs> no. Swear to God, I swear to God. Anyway, I looked at your schedule. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. God damn it. Oh. Look, look. Oh, that's fucking great. That's a perfect way to end this podcast. That's fucking perfect, dude. Yeah. Oh, it's good for you I'm to know you. that. Yeah. I'm Four years ago, you. I was Shame. I was desperately reaching out. <laughs> By the way, I was at this. I was at a lower place in my career at the time. I was like, God, I just I can't sell a ticket. Oh fuck, dude. Um, I I'm telling you, man. I we really enjoyed listening to your comedy on the bus. Cool. We man. were laughing hysterically. You're funny as fucking shit. And that is the and that is the that is the <laughs> signifier. That is the defining thing in this business. Is do you make people laugh? You know, the reason Kramer isn't around is because he never could make anyone laugh. He just couldn't. Well, you know, I also, you know, he didn't. <laughs> I mean, no, like, a little. <laughs> there, there, the, like, I mean, he, you know, even Chappelle said it. He was like, he wanted him to turn it around as a comic. He's like, turn this yeah. around, turn this around. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's just, it's, and you're funny as fuck, man. You're funny as fuck. And I'm Thanks. telling you, uh, good luck with the J thing. Good luck with the Ari thing. Good luck. Congratulations as vice president. Thank you. Um, delete those, yo, delete those fucking emails. I'll delete them. I'll delete, delete, yeah, sure you fucking will. <laughs> I won't read them at the beginning of this. <laughs> Dude, hey, thank you for doing uh, this. Happy birthday, man. That's the craziest <laughs> thing. Look, I was I do, drinking. I do. It was a I desperate think, time. I do think we mesh well. <laughs> I think we mesh pretty well. We mesh pretty well. <laughs> it's good for me as an open mic to be giving you business advice. <laughs> Hey man, I think we guys pretty Look, well together. You want to start anyway, moving? Some I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be free in January. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're the best, brother. Take care. Thanks, Keep man. safe. Enjoy your family. I'll talk to you later. Enjoy Santa. Delitos, motherfucking email. <laughs> <laughs>